Did you guys like the Mandarin? In this movie, yes. 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 Yes, very much so. Um, Judge, you sorry, Judge. Do you want to have, share some thoughts on this? I was just going to say, like, for someone who understands language and has seen so much media where Mandarin can be really good or really shitty, this was oh. fantastic Mandarin. Sorry, I meant the character of Mandarin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I realized how this would be confusing. Okay, now we are live with another episode of The Keeg Live, uh, the show brought to you by The Keeg, where we talk about a different discussion topic every other week. Today's topic, we are talking about Shang-Chi. We are talking about the movie that just came out, the new Marvel movie. We're also talking about his comics and our experiences with it. And uh, uh, yeah, that's pretty much the gist of things. I'm your host, Demetri Pereira, and I can't do this alone. Um, so if you are watching us uh, via live stream on many you know, of our platforms, Facebook, uh, YouTube, uh, Twitch, or Volume, Volume is our number one streaming platform that we, that we stream to. That's where we're drawing the chat from. You can see the people that I have for you. But if you're listening to the podcast, and that's wherever you get podcasts, whether it be uh, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play, or Spotify, or iHeartRadio, or SoundCloud, uh, you can't see who I'm introducing. So this is a whole new, whole new thing until they start talking. First, I want to introduce uh, 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 a TikTok creator. They're both TikTok creators. This doesn't narrow anything down. But let's just say uh, you know him as Marvelous Johnny on TikTok. Uh, we got Jonathan Chu. I didn't oh. want to say, I, I had to go over it in my head because of what no. you said earlier. No, uh, that's fair, Johnny. man. Uh, I was like, Choo-choo. no, I'm not, I, did, I'm not, I don't want to say it. I don't want to. You're wanna, more than welcome to. I don't mind. I feel like calling you choo-choo or choo-choo train. It's so weird and I hate it. It's fine, man. I don't mind. I, I let a bunch of other people call me it. I don't mind if you call me it, but hello everyone. I am Johnny. I go by Marvelous Johnny on my Instagram and my TikTok. What is up? Uh, I'm so happy to have you on this. You do uh, uh, great TikTok work. And uh, are you are you how how new to TikTok are you? That's the thing. Like I really started. I feel like my followers really started escalating right around like the month right before Shang Chi started coming out. Like, I was making, like, every so often videos, and then, like, I started feeling more inspired. I started doing more TikToks, and then next thing I know, two weeks in, boom, I'm over a 1,000. I'm like, cool, I guess we're going to be doing this on a daily thing. Yeah, yeah, you're like, I guess I guess I'm stuck now. Yeah, I guess I'm getting my dopamine from here. We're doing this. This is where <laughs> I will find my worth. I get it. I get it. Uh TikTok, though, uh, I'm falling behind on my TikTok, and uh, I can see my views going down. Like, you have to, like, keep a continuous, like, like output, I think, right? Yeah. Like, even then, even though like, I post one video a day, I'm still noticing that not some of them are getting as much traction as I, mo- as I want, as much as just, say, random videos I just post out of me just ranting about something that just popped in my head one day, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh... What's your recent rant been? 
Uh, I think my most recent one that went a little bit on the viral side was when I saw that the Hawkeye TV show got a countdown before Shang-Chi and Eternals. And I'm oh, just wow. like, why? I get he's one of the first of the six Avengers, but nonetheless, Shang-Chi's coming out in like three weeks from when I posted that video and Eternals right. comes out before it. And here we are. We don't even have a Hawkeye countdown. trailer yet. Exactly, and we yeah. have a Spider-Man trailer before the <laughs> Hawkeye show. It's mind-boggling for me. Also, like, I appreciate that, from what I can see from the Hawkeye show, that they're kind of retooling Hawkeye a little bit. Yeah. At the same time, mm-hmm. Hawkeye has been the most boring character in the MCU, <laughs> and he's being pushed. Honestly, this is something that I talked about on the Black Widow episode. Hawkeye should have died. He was a waste of space. Hawkeye should have died. Black Widow should have been alive. She had potential. She had unused potential. Hawkeye does not. I mean... From what we've seen so far, I will admit that he has shown zero potential. However, yes. we are getting Kate Bishop now. <laughs> right. So I would have liked the most all here for Kate Bishop. Bishop. Yes. How crazy <laughs> would it have been, though? Let's be honest. How crazy would it have been if Black Widow and Swordsman taught Kate Bishop? That after the death After the death of Hawkeye. Yeah, because like for the longest keep time... his legacy going. Yeah. Because, like, for the longest time when Kate was introduced in the comics, Hawkeye wasn't around until, like, further into her career as a young Avenger. So yeah. that could have been interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Re- yeah, because she starts off in Young Avengers. Hawkeye's dead, I think, after Disassembled. I think so, yeah. After Scarlet Witch accidentally sets him on fire. Yeah. yeah. yeah it was an accident. Haven't you, yeah. done, haven't you done that before? Accidentally exactly. sets him on fire? Yeah. Uh, but thank you. Thank you, Johnny, for, for coming on the show. It, it's yeah. uh, I think it's going to be a good discussion. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, we also have longtime guest of the Keeg. Uh, you may know him from Comic Talk. Uh, you may know him from the What If After Show episode one that he was on. I think that was the most recent one he was on. Uh, he's also a yes, TikTok creator. Yes. Uh, you may know him as Captain Comics Rex. Uh, not Rex as in T-Rex but uh, <laughs> recommendations. We got Brian Long, everybody. Hey, folks. I'm actually starting to think I should change it to REX and make it like a dinosaur brand. I think that's the oh, future no. for me. I think that's where I need that... to be going. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. So... When I saw okay. the name, okay. I thought all right. it was right. 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 So a recreation, great. like in Parks and Rec. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. No, quite the opposite of recreation <laughs> is what I do, frankly. Uh, I do a lot more sitting than anything. Uh, no, I'm I'm thrilled to be here. This is a character I have I've loved for a long time. I find uh, his publication history so interesting. Um, I'm also just a big fan of martial arts films in general. So there was a lot to love in this movie for me, and I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, what are your guys' previous experiences with Shang Chi? Like, I'll, I'll I'll go first with this, uh, just because I have the least experience with it. Uh, 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 I knew him. I saw him when he appeared in other titles, like when he trained Spider-Man. Um, I, I, I know him as that. Uh, I always felt he took a backseat to Iron Fist. Iron Fist is the go-to martial artist in the Marvel Universe. Shang-Chi doesn't get enough airplay, even though Shang-Chi is a better martial artist. Um and I know he was in Avengers World, but I actually didn't read all of Avengers World, so... Um, Maybe I need to catch up on that. So that's my experience with Shang-Chi. Um, what, was, what about your guys's? Uh, Johnny, I'll let you go first. 
Um, first introduction to him was, for me, was also Spider Island when he was training Spider-Man in mm. the way of the spider, if I'm correct, from what I, from yeah. what I remember. So after that, I started looking into, more into his publication, and I just, I found out how racist of an interpretation the character was, and for me, that was just the most <laughs> off-putting thing. I'm like, fuck this. Just, Marvel, yeah. if you ever put out a movie, like, involving this character, I'm probably not gonna love it. And then... Luckily, they realized the error of their ways. They put Jean Lu and Yang on the newest Shang-Chi comic, Shang-Chi comics, and I'm like, mm. okay, I'm on board. I'm on board. And now it's probably like my favorite ongoing series right now from Marvel. So that's my experience with them. Yeah. Recently, they had a the mini series, and now they have the ongoing series, right? Yeah. It was yeah. weird to say the least with the way they did it. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I'll, like, I'll leave my thoughts. I'll let you guys. Uh, what what <laughs> were you going to say, Johnny? I was just going to say, like, it's interesting that they go, like, cool, one from issues one to five, and then we'll restart with another issue from number right. one that relies on those issues one through five. So anyone who's getting into it is going to be ever so confused unless they just read trades. In which case, I yeah, think they're, yeah, they're changing the numberings for it where they're like, that's volume one for the one that came out earlier, and then this new one that's currently out is going to be volume two, so... Uh, or they compile them together to be the same. Like you can, you could probably get like a hardcover with like the first, yeah. like the the five issue miniseries and like the five other issues, or yeah. like a ten issue thing. Um, but I also think that's more of DC's style right now, and it's something we've talked about on Comic Talk, where DC introduces is introducing concepts to see if people warm up to the miniseries, mm -hmm. and then they'll introduce a series in case it like picks up. But a lot of like DC comics right now are just miniseries, yeah. and so uh, uh, just to see if people will buy it. So I feel like that's what Marvel did with this, but that was a weird move. Yeah. I kind of got the vibe, if I had to guess what their thinking was, is that they did the miniseries to get the trade out for the movie. Mm. And then if you're like, oh, I like this trade, well, there's only been like one or two issues of this current series. You could easily go back and catch up if you want True. to. And that was my assumption of their thinking. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but mm. I can kind of see the logic in it, but I do agree it is an odd way to do it because... If I remember correctly, that last issue was literally like, hey, four months, we have a new Shang-Chi series that's yeah. starting and then up. like, like one, one shot from a different writer, which was also excellent, excellent, yeah. excellently written. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. What was the one shot? Uh, the Legend of Shang-Chi. It was written by, let me take a look through so my Alyssa files. Wong, I think? Um, it was written, yeah, Alyssa Wong. Okay. Yeah. Um, reference, I just pulled out my Legend of Shang-Chi comic for yeah, yeah, yeah. people who are just listening. <laughs> I love that it's properly bagged and boarded. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. As it should be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, as um, it should be. Uh, uh, recently, Marvel had Marvel Voices Identity. Uh, yes. And, and, and Shang-Chi had a a one, like a, like a, because it's an anthology book yeah. based around, that one specifically is based around uh, uh, the Asian characters, the characters of Asian origin, whether they be Asian American, Asian Canadian, um, and Shang-Chi got his, his little couple pages in it, and then somebody, I forget who brought it up, somebody on the show brought up that it was literally a what if and Shang-Chi story. Yeah, that's what to it's capitalize called. It's on like both. What if and what, like, it was called like what if and something else involving the word what, but because 
the temple he went to were like worshippers of Uatu, the Watcher, who that's right. Sure we're all more familiar with now, thanks to What If. But yeah. yeah, no. So honestly, I love that issue so much because it's what if Shang Chi stayed with his father, and it's it's a very basic story, but at the same time, the deeper meaning of the Shang Chi we have now, who is no longer a racist Asian stereotype versus yeah. the form of him that still was right yeah so right it, like it was a very short story but it was to the point and it hit hard yeah yeah uh brian did you have something to say yeah well i wanted to talk a little bit about um some of my first exposure to the character because mm-hmm. the way i got in on him was through ed brubaker's secret avengers uh, the storyline, The Eyes of the Dragon, which like was the second arc that he did. And that was kind of, to my my understanding of it, was like really the first time someone made an effort to kind of bring back and kind of rehabilitate the Shang-Chi character, um, in yeah. particular separating the Fu Manchu uh, identity from his father. Uh, because you mentioned earlier about Iron Fist sort of overtaking the character. I definitely recommend anybody listening to this who hasn't already read it, the website Inverse had a really good three-part article about the history of Shang-Chi as a character. And one of the things that they note in it, which I had never really clicked in me, was that Shang-Chi predates Iron Fist. Yeah. But the problem is, Shang-Chi is so tied to that Fu Manchu, Sax Romer novel license that it made it harder for them to kind of reproduce those comics when they lost that license because of the legal red tape. Now, of course, that character's in the public domain. What was the legal red tape? What was okay, so <laughs> Fu Manchu, his fa- the original name of his father, is a character from a series of old pulp novels by this guy named okay. Sax Romer. And they okay. are uh, racist. Uh, to quote Jim Starlin, who is the original artist of uh, Shang-Chi, they are, quote, the most racist pieces of shit I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, Fu Manchu is this, like, criminal mastermind, and they get the rights to that character. So Jim Starlin and Steve Englehart... They're like, we wanted to do something more like the TV show Kung Fu. We don't really necessarily want to do the Dr. Fu Manchu comic. Let's create a character that kind of mixes those two together so we can do the stories that we really want to do. And that's how Shang-Chi is born. So Marvel has the rights to Shang-Chi because he's an original character, but not Fu Manchu because he's not officially a Marvel creation. He's not a public domain? He is now. He is now. Back then he wasn't. Yes. Okay. Right. Right. Uh, what came first, Kung Fu the Show or Iron Fist? Kung, Kung Fu, the, Fu show. the Show. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. Because Kung Fu and the Show was actually based on a Bruce Lee pitch. Bruce Lee wanted to be the star of that show. The networks were like, "Oh, America's not ready for an Asian lead to be the lead of a television series," and then they basically stole the idea out from under it and, and cast put, a white guy a to white play guy. an Asian mm. man. Yeah. 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 So there's a lot of history there. <laughs> yeah. And Iron Fist, Iron Fist is white too. And yeah. yes. uh, he's yes. more sellable than Shang-Chi, I guess. Yeah. At, at the, the time, time, yes. At the yeah. time. Yeah. And plus he has a glowing uh, magic fist, so shiny. Yeah. I mean, I do I do like that aspect of Iron oh, Fist. I do like his, uh, uh, I do like his thing. It is kind of funny that like Marvel has two top tier martial artists and they have like, I don't know. I don't know. Do you guys like one more than the other? I like Shang-Chi more than Iron Fist. I used to love Iron Fist more than Shang-Chi until now. Mm. Yeah, and I think think it's two things. I think Iron Fist is at his best when he's partnered with Luke Cage. I think that's when he's at his most interesting. That most recent Power Man and Iron Fist series. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's phenomenal. 
I think when he's on his own, he's a little boring. Um, and I think Shang-Chi has a more interesting background and family dynamic that is played up so well in this film and is especially being played up more now in the series that I think makes him a more compelling protagonist. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Woo in the comics has a father, bad father too, doesn't he? Am I, am I mixing? Who's Jimmy Woo's father in the comics? Honestly, I'm not too familiar with him. Okay, so I'm thinking of, you're thinking of Yellow Claw, which, uh, God, yes. I feel, yeah. I feel racist just saying that. Um, you're good. Yes. But I don't, you got the I don't believe, one. <laughs> I don't believe he is Jimmy Woo's father. I think Jimmy Woo was, um, I'm actually Googling this right now. Like, and it's ironic yeah. because Yellow Claw is just a Fu Manchu knockoff. Um, but I don't believe he was his father. I think he was just, a, Jimmy Woo was just an uh, American agent tasked with taking down Young. Oh, because he's one of the good ones. I feel like that, yeah. that <laughs> like when it comes to like those type of characters, you got to, so like with Shang-Chi and Fu Manchu, it's like Fu Manchu is horrible. Yeah. Shang-Chi is supposed to be one of the good ones, yeah. right? The one, yeah. Right. Uh, I, I do have to say though, I'm glad they gave Shang-Chi a haircut. Uh, oh god! That, yeah. like, <laughs> that Bruce Lee, that Bruce Lee like bowl cut looking thing. I'm not a big fan of that. Maybe that was good in the t- uh, back in it's that day. Straight up a stereotype uh, for Asian people now too, just to have like a bowl cut. So oh, thank yeah. God they changed it. Thank God Stephen has right. excellent hair. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. Like when I was a kid, my mom cut my hair, but she didn't put a bowl on top of my head to cut it. But like it was probably all weird looking <laughs> and stuff. But I didn't know. Whatever. Uh, I parted my hair when I was a kid. Like it was, it was like I don't. I no, not like yours. Like like Urkel looking. Oh. Well, Urkel didn't part his hair, but I looked like <laughs> I looked like Urkel when I was a kid. That was a whole another thing. That's a whole. That's neither here nor there. By the way, uh, uh, for anyone out there, uh, uh, I got a Shang Chi shirt, and then Johnny nice. has a Shang Chi shirt. Yeah, Brian. You didn't invest. You didn't invest. I, I didn't. I didn't have a Shang Chi shirt. I do have a comic book centric shirt. Which shout out to Books with Pictures, Eugene Oregon. This is my list of prominent female comic book writers and editors T shirt. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> nice. I was like, right. It's so, red. It's good. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. So it, we all come at Shang Chi from like a different uh, uh, levels of experience with the character. Um. What were your ideas when they announced Shang-Chi the movie? Like, how did you feel about it? Johnny, you got any you got any strong, strong hot takes? Strong I opinions? remember <laughs> when people when the rumor was running for a Shang-Chi movie, I'm like, oh God, we don't need this right now for Asian people. Like, we're starting to get good representation with Fresh Off the Boat, Crazy Rich Asians. And all that, right? And they're like, oh, Marvel's making a Shang-Chi movie. I'm like, oh, God, no, why? And then we get to <laughs> San Diego Comic-Con 2019. And then we see that Simi Liu's there. I'm like, okay, he's he doesn't have a Chinese accent. Thank God. They casted Tony Lun as the Mandarin and his father. Like, okay, I'm kind of on board. But I'm still <laughs> really hesitant until that first trailer where he didn't speak too much. But, like, we got enough of his dialogue where I'm like, thank God he's not speaking broken English. Thank God he doesn't sound like a fortune cookie. Thank God he doesn't have a thick accent. <laughs> Just, I was ecstatic when I saw it. I was not happy when I heard about it. Yeah, it's always, it's always tough uh, when 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 uh, uh, we hear 
that is there you you want to be happy for it right but yeah. then you also want to be like like oh no for example dc comics announcing that they want to do a black superman movie i'm like you can't do a white superman movie like so why you're doing a black superman movie you couldn't even do a white one that's the easiest that's a that's a easy that should be like a whole in one right but but so I don't know whether I trust DC. Luckily, I trust Marvel a little bit better. Although Marvel, you know, has had its its hiccups uh, when it comes to like female representation, uh, when it LGBT. comes to uh, the yeah or 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 lack thereof, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's hard to give our trust. But that yeah. being said, like at least they're not DC, who has a worse track record. Yeah, you know. Also, I didn't entirely <laughs> trust them with the fighting in this movie until I saw the movie. Because okay. that was the big thing for me. I, I love yeah. Marvel fight scenes. I love my big CGI battles. But the one-to-one fight scenes, except for, say, Winter Soldier, and that's the only one I can really think of right now, they're not as memorable, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it's right. not like, this. They're, not, they're not the elaborate choreography you would need for a character who is exactly. the master of Kung Fu. And especially know? after coming right. off Iron Fist, too, we're like, oh, God. Oh, that was, that was the thing that uh, made me the most That's true. Nervous. Yeah. Because I, I, I worship at the altar of, of Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, Michelle Yeoh. Like, yeah. those are my holy Donnie trinity Yen. of cinema, of action cinema. Uh, Donnie Yen, absolutely. So, you know, after, and granted, Daredevil fight scenes are amazing. I yes. think they're very strong. But seeing what just, like, an embarrassment Iron Fist was... I was very concerned going into this. And it wasn't until they announced that Brad Allen, who I want to give him a shout out, who uh, sadly passed away very recently. Um, Yes. Uh, And that him and and members of the Jackie Chan fight team were going to be working on the film. But I started to like breathe a sigh of relief a little bit. And then they're like, Bill Pope, director of photography, the matrix is shooting. And I'm like, okay, all right. So this has some potential. And when they released that first clip of the bus scene, I was like, Okay, I, I was Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. I was like, "You crazy son of a bitch! You did it! You might have done it!" <laughs> so yeah, I I I was brought around to it. I, I definitely um, was a little skeptical at first, but came around very quickly as the film progressed, and ultimately mm-hmm. thought they did a great job. Yeah, um, Daredevil's fight scenes are good, but it's a different style. Like Daredevil gets his ass kicked sure. yeah. over and over and over <laughs> in the Netflix show, but like the behind the scenes stuff, as I was as I do my more, like more and more research about why Iron Fist sucked is, is uh, it it was a one, two punch. Iron Fist didn't have enough pre-production time because they did daredevil season two, but Iron Fist was going to lead into defenders and they really wanted to get defenders out on time. So they literally squeezed daredevil season two in, which pushed Iron Fist instead of pushing it back. It just squeezed pre-production on Iron Fist. And so there's that, but then there's also the fact that like somebody, uh, one of the choreographers came out and said it. Uh, they didn't say the name, but we can infer that it was Kit, whatever, whatever his name is. Finn Jones. What's his name? Finn Joe. Yes. Why do I think say Kit? Maybe it's Kit Fisto from uh, Star no, Wars. You're thinking Kit Harrington from. Game I was going to say you're thinking of a different Game of Thrones actor. There's layers. There's yeah. definitely layers to this this uh, confusion. Uh, but, uh, uh, we can figure each other yes. out. Finn Jones supposedly just didn't want to put the time in to learn his, his moves. 15 minutes before they shot the scene, he learned his choreography and that's how he did it. And that's why there are so many cuts. It's sloppy. 
like good martial arts choreography and cinematography is is not cutting away, you know? And mm-hmm. he messed it all up. Yeah. It's you know? And he's also and yeah. and to to Sim, uh, Simu Liu, Simu Liu's credit, um he is has a background in stunt performance. So That's he right. brings that that physical presence to the role and I think that yeah. part of the reason why he in particular is striking a chord so well with people in this role because yeah. he has the physical chops in addition to the acting chops and likability. Mm-hmm. Also, he's hungry. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, and I think that this has to do, I mean, this is more of uh, this. I mean, this is a, a, this is such a huge topic that we don't have time for this specifically, but he is the first Asian American, well, Asian Canadian lead uh, in a Marvel, well, Marvel uh, movie. Uh, movie, and he and knows how much it means. Period. Yeah, right. He knows how much it means. There is a certain type of actor that gives it their all, and that's an actor with everything to lose. Yeah, you know. And so uh, uh, there, there's a reason why actors like like Simu can't be a method actor. No. Because, because <laughs> like minority actors aren't afforded that uh, luxury of being like, oh, today I'm I chopped down a tree and I mailed skunks to my coworkers and I'm just Dead all around use condoms, right? Like, <laughs> uh, you don't get that because you get fired. And exactly. They, but but I mean, Denzel Washington is not not a method actor. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like. Jared Leto mm-hmm. and Daniel Day Lewis and like just a Matthew bunch of weirdos. Yeah, <laughs> Christian Bale can have a tirade on set, but like if Simu had a tirade on set, he would get fired. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. we there, the luxury isn't afforded uh, to him and and actors, you know, like him. So uh, he put eight hours a day into doing like martial arts stuff. Like he put time into learning like all that stuff. Eight hours a day—that's a yeah. full-time gig. That's not his like full time no. gig. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's Absolutely. so crazy. It shows though. It shows yeah. in the movie. Um, yeah. Let Let's talk. Let's talk about the movie. Let's talk about the movie. I'm ready. Uh, uh, overall, let Let's. Uh, there's There's no great way to start this conversation because there's so much to a movie. Uh, but like, uh, 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 Johnny, what were your thoughts? Um, just from beginning to him versus his father, I think it was honestly, like, almost a damn good perfect film. Like, just from start to him versus dad, near perfect. Only thing that I had slight issues with is just the amount of jumping around between him and his flashbacks. But Mm -hmm. I understand that. That's, like, the first time we're meeting this character, so I'm Mm -hmm. willing to give it some leeway and all that. It's just the only part that really took me out in some way was the final fight between the two dragons. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we 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 deal with a lot of like grounded, down to earth martial arts stuff mm-hmm. in, in the first, uh, however much of the movie, and then there is it is kind of a Marvel Act Three problem. Yes, my personal opinion, not a fan of the Act Act Three. Uh, sure. uh you know. And I have some thoughts about that that I'd love to get to. I, I liked the movie. Uh, uh, I liked it a lot. I want to see it a second time so I can catch uh, other certain things. I might 
Have you seen it twice? I've seen it twice. I booked out the theater on Friday morning, went there at like 10 a.m. just with a, like 20 of my closest friends, and then we just watched yeah. it there. Nice. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, damn. Yeah. I, I went um, all out on this one. <laughs> that, I Yeah. Uh, I've, I'm seeing a lot of people seeing it multiple times, and mm-hmm. it's getting rave reviews, and people are just loving it from a personal standpoint, which is amazing. Um, and I love Simu. Like, I, I, I just like, I, I, I love him. I, I like Aquafina. I got some opinions about that, but we'll uh, stay positive for right now. Um, uh, Brian, what were like? What were what were your thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, similar to you guys, I I really adored the film. Um, I think it's arguably out of all of the first time out movies for like a Marvel character. I think it's probably the strongest, if not like absolutely the best. I think the only one that's maybe tattooed for me black panther but even yeah. black panther had the advantage of having that character established somewhat in civil yeah. war yeah. yeah exactly exactly and and i think that part of the reason that it's connecting so well with people is because it's pretty much entirely standalone yeah. and i think that's a good thing for us to see that this deep into the mcu marvel is still able to do something that's like totally its own thing like this is the shang chi film there's little marvel bits here and there but you don't really have to be able to identify them in order to appreciate what this movie is is truly yeah. about um, right which is at its core the story of a family that is just broken by its by one of its members that just uh, was not able to deal with grief and i think that is the core of so much of that character shang chi is that tension between him and his father and i think this film presented it in a way that was the best it's ever been shown in this character's history. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you about the third act things. I also have some thoughts on that that I'd like to discuss, uh, but it was not enough to really bring the movie down too much for me yeah. uh, because at the end of the day, I'm a dumb idiot who likes to watch big things punch each other. So there's only so much I can really be mad at a giant dragon versus a giant Cthulhu monster fight. Exactly. That's just like, yeah. I'm a simple man. What can I say? I know what I <laughs> <like>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the movie does a pretty uh, uh, ballsy move. Very, very, uh, 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 it's bold. It's very bold. It starts mm. off speaking another language with subtitles. Yeah. And it continues, uh, uh, I would, is, it, is, it, is it Mandarin? I don't know. The Mandarin, ju- Mandarin priority of it is Mandarin. There's one line and it's the... Durian head looking dude it's the same thanks when Aquafina compliments his spike mask. That's in Malaysian. Everything else, oh. pure Mandarin. Oh, the yeah. Durian dude. Uh uh yeah, uh uh it so it starts off speaking Mandarin with subtitles to the point and it keeps going to the point where I'm like Is it did all I, in did I, Yeah, is it all in <laughs> I was I was very and and I think that some there are going to be people out there that don't want to read subtitles, which I, I disagree with. I think, like, read, read the damn subtitles. We watch subtitles. Star like, Wars here. Like, come on, yeah. people. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's like, uh, but it's bold. A third yeah. of the movie then is in Mandarin. It's like a third, I, right? I pitched the movie to my parents. They're actually going to go see it right now with my little brother. Um, mm. I pitched them. Like, part of the appeal was... 35 to like 40% of this film is in Mandarin and Tony Lund's in it. And they're like, okay, fine. We'll go see it. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, did you guys like the Mandarin? 
In this movie, yes. 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 Yes, very much so. Um, Judge, you sorry, Judge, do you want to share some thoughts on this? I was just going to say, like, for someone who understands language and has seen so much media where Mandarin can be really good or really shitty, this was fantastic Mandarin. Sorry, I meant the character of Mandarin. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I realized how this would be confusing. Uh, Let's just refer to uh, it as Wenwu. I said Mandarin, and then I was like, oh, should I follow this up with Wenwu? Because he's not technically Mandarin. He's gone by many right. names, it says. <laughs> and then Mandarin. And then Brian was uh, Brian was like, in this movie? And then I was like, well, I guess Trevor Slattery was Mandarin in Iron Man 3. <laughs> so you are right. And I was like, yes, in this movie. What is your thought about Mandarin as a language? I think would be a really <laughs> weird question. Like, well, I don't know. Linguistically speaking, uh, it's like... I, you have to get into all the dialects. Yeah. Yes. Uh, these are my top 10 languages of all time. Let's go through them. Uh, I, I personally feel a lot of validation because I have been team the Iron Man 3 twist is brilliant because... It's a deconstruction of the racist yellow peril stereotypes that are presented mm. in not only yeah. just the original comics, but like yeah. much of American action cinema, which uh, right. uh, villainizes people from the Middle East. Yeah. So, right. and I, I still have memories of of talking to people where they're like, they ruined the Mandarin. I'm like, literally, no one cares about the Mandarin. Nobody Who cares. Who never cared yeah. about it's this like, character? It's like the whole Taskmaster argument all over again. <laughs> Right. Well, at least Taskmaster, Taskmaster I think has redeeming values, but true. And and Taskmaster has been built. I don't. I don't. I don't like the argument. Like whatever, change it to a to a female. Taskmaster. Sure. I, I have that no problem with that. That doesn't change that. Yeah. Uh, but but they did. Uh, Taskmaster has been building up built up a cult following because of his guest appearances and other properties. So like sure. the Insomniac game. Or um, Ultimate Spider-Man um, cartoons. Ultimate Spider-Man, yeah. 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 Or, uh, uh, you know, in some, like, other random things. And so... He was in the Avengers uh, game. Yeah, he, he was, yeah. And so I get that, other than... I don't agree with, oh, he has to be a man. That doesn't make any sense to me, because he yeah. doesn't have to be a man. But I get the critique that, like, all her powers were from a visor, essentially, right? And, like, I get that. But then also, like, I don't... Ah, I don't care. But Fair. Mandarin, nobody was going to bat for Mandarin. No. Like, and also, who batted for the yeah. Mandarin? I honestly, like, how racist, like, what <laughs> kind of racist interpretations do you have of Asian people, first off? Right. Yes. Right? Right. Yes. Right. It's, that character is embarrassing, frankly. Yeah. And, Until, and like, Matt is... Fraction's run, yes. he has just been purely racist throughout. Right. 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 And, Did they explain and, away the racism in the comics in Matt Fraction's run? I have Matt Fraction's run of Invincible Iron Man there, but did they explain so away, like... What they like, do is they kind of present the Mandarin as a more human character, which is yes. essentially, like, the legend of the Mandarin, like, all of this mm-hmm. stuff about him is basically just a propaganda lie that he has created. Um, there's an incredible annual issue where basically... And this was based on a real thing that happened, that... Um, the Mandarin kidnaps a a film director 
to direct the biopic of his life. Yeah. And as the director is going, he realizes like the Mandarin is actually the son of a uh, sex worker who overdosed and like worked to plot his way at the top. Yeah. But like the origin that we were presented in the original Stan Lee comics is this propaganda that he's made up. So you uh. kind of get this more humane version of him where he's clearly like this deeply insecure, fragile person who's trying to make himself seem like a bigger evil than he really is. Mm -hmm. um, and the real world thing that that was based on was Kim Jong-il kidnapped his favorite director to try to force him to direct films in North Korea. Yeah. Um, but the- Was it, so was it James Franco? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not, it was not. Um, but the the idea of that, um, the idea of that is, is still like, he's pretty clearly evil. And I think what I like about this film in particular is he has very human reasons for doing what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Um, they've deconstructed it in a way that he's obviously doing the wrong thing, but first of all, Tony Leung is such a charismatic presence um, that you can't help but feel some level of sympathy for him. Like that that opening sequence where it's the the meat cute essentially, where they're having their their fight together, and there's just that shot of like the two of them like dancing around each other. That was Walking one eyes. of the most like romantic thing. Yes, it was one of the yeah. most romantic things I've ever seen in the MCU. And Tony Leung is just, I'm just gonna, he's so hot. It's just like, it's, <laughs> it's perfectly done. And you can't help but feel for that guy. And that alone does so much to deconstruct the racism that this character has mm -hmm. carried with him. Yeah. Um, it he's has not to be my, done, he's not my type of man. I just thought I should add that. He's not my type. Uh, 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 Simu, Simu is, is more handsome, in my uh, opi uh, opinion. Fair, fair. You know, uh, that. let's talk about that scene. Um, that's the first time in the movie that we see that style. Is it Wushu? That style of I fighting? I think so, yeah. Because up yes. until that point, it's very hard those. hits, right? Yeah. Um, and like, then we see that flashback. Yeah. It's, um, and then, like, from there, we just transition to, like, a more Tai Chi style, as they say, okay. in interviews and everything, so. Mm. Yeah. Um, I thought that, like, I I understand why the, that those scenes existed and whatnot. I just thought it looked like a, um, like a soap opera. Like, when you watch, like, soap operas from another country, it looked like that. It does. Is that it what they were going for? Looks, it definitely looked like some Ch Hong Kong style soap operas that I've seen with my dad. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Because uh, I've seen like telenovelas and I've seen like, because uh, my mom, my mom got on this like kick of like watching soap operas from other countries with the subtitles on. And so like she was mm -hmm. watching like all sorts of things. And I'm like, yeah, this looks like that. It just. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, and, and I just want to. I want to interject with this because this is me being a big film nerd here. Uh, the, yeah. the wuxia style is less a martial arts style and more a, a filming style, right? Yeah. It's like, mm -hmm. it, when you think of like, I think the most common American go-to would be Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, where you have right. the character sort of like flying and floating. And those films are often very romantic. They are very much like chivalric romances, mm -hmm. um, whether it's Crouching Tiger or even a film like Hero. And I, I loved the fact that the film like kind of ran the gamut of styles of martial arts films because you have the stuff with Tony Leung and in that forest doing uh, uh, scenes that feel like something out of a Zhang Yimou film. And then you have the bus fight, which is very much like Jackie Chan fight scene. Even right? starts off with so I, I like the fact trouble. that they're paying homage 
Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So I like that they're paying homage to the different types of martial arts films within the movie. Uh, I want to talk about that bus fight scene. Because, okay, uh, I... Okay, uh, no, let's talk about the bus <laughs> fight scene. That's, that's what I... Because I had more to add, but yes. Uh, I love that bus fighting scene because yeah, it isn't often that we see, like, we're in a weird way, heroes saving people right yeah. mm. uh and then upping it to like heroes saving them in a in a creative but like also like there's stakes to it like it was yeah. creative there were stakes uh uh though i mean they uh, they uh, they seemed like they were gonna fall out of the the bus mm-hmm. and die and he was catching all of them <laughs> and doing all that stuff uh johnny you got you got thoughts about that bus fight one of my favorite parts of it, I, I don't know if you guys will agree with me, but like, you know, when the bus goes into the tunnel and then you just have like this outside shot of the bus and then you just yes. see Shang-Chi doing just like a one take fight, it felt yeah. like a moving comic book, just like from panel to panel to panel, like mm, using wow, the windows yes. of the bus. That, I, that was probably one of my favorite moments oh, in this entire yes. film. Yeah. That's, yeah. And then you just ended on him doing like a flying kick into the other end and to right into Razor Fist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then That's he gets such a great razor fists. What he what he what he does the the signal? Yeah, that uh, was awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Johnny, I love that point you just made. Like, because now I'm envisioning like a David Ozzy right? style like splash page of like yeah. each panel being a window of the bus and him like fighting through. I hadn't thought about yeah. that, but yeah, yeah, I absolutely love that element of it. That's great. I uh, and I, uh, I hadn't thought about that either. Yeah, it's just something yeah. I noticed while watching it for the second time. Like, this is like one of those, like, Iron Fist. I can't remember which one. I think it might have been Immortal Iron Fist. But sure, you, yes, you yes. see, like, each panel in that first issue of him just fighting off a bunch of ninjas and all that. Just took <laughs> me back to that. And I, I um, going back to what you said, Dimitri, about saving people, you know, I think, again, the fact that this movie is a much more self-contained MCU film sure the stakes getting higher and higher in these movies is always fun but you do lose that element of what we love about superheroes which is when they're the friendly neighborhood superhero exactly they're just like going in and helping people and (laughs) in a funny way i was like this almost feels like they're doing like the kind of peter parker stuff that we've been kind of missing in the mcu yeah he's just like a regular dude with a lousy job just trying to get through the day helping people during this like crazy disaster it mm-hmm. was very grounded and down to earth and it again helps you to connect with the character and empathize mm-hmm. with them. right like you see that, the I heart mean, yeah exactly yeah uh, sorry did i did i uh, uh uh interrupt you johnny no 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 it's just i wanted to make that one statement where like you see the yeah. heart of the character especially after the fact that you know he did kill a man and then from that point on he didn't really want to so yeah right yeah if we're dealing with the first act here, that's like the big first act set piece. Yeah. Uh, one of the cool things that I noticed is him and Aquafina, their friendship is really tight. Yes. They're, they're, you know, they, they're like, should we go home and get some sleep? Or, and then they do karaoke. <laughs> and then they come walking out in the alleyway afterwards. And I yeah. was watching that and I was, I was looking at them. I'm like, first thing, they seem like friends. Yep. which is a chemistry that like we put a lot of a lot of focus on chemistry like romantic chemistry between characters but like these characters have friendship chemistry right mm-hmm. uh yeah. is it agape what's the there's like a there's a there's a types of uh, love right that's like i think it's a 
it's plate like it's just a platonic uh, one. You're right, but there's yeah. like there's different types of love. There's like a there's like eros love. There's like a list yeah. of different types of love, and like I think agape is friends and family. I could be wrong. But the point I being is, be. I took a, like a philosophy of love class yeah. last semester. I can't remember. You should know. You should, I should know. know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. There's like phylos, which is a different type yeah. of love and whatever. Uh. But anyway, the point being is, I believe that they were friends, and they also seemed like human beings. Yes. Mm, when they were just, just walking, they're just walking down. It was like you just took a camera and you turned it to two people who were walking down the street, and exactly. like there was a there was a sense of like. No matter what Shang Chi's past is, like he is a human being, mm-hmm. right? He's not yes. Tony Stark, larger than life. <laughs> exactly. You know? Which is right, why I also right. love that scene where you see Shang Chi wake up, and then you just see like this nice ass car pulling in, and then you have a guy in a suit like, "Oh, is that Shang Chi?" It's like, "Nope, it's the guy who's the valet." <laughs> yeah. <Right? laughs> I would have played. Yeah. I, I I think uh, cinema cinema cinematographically whatever uh, cinematically actually <laughs> there cinematically we go. There we go. yeah um, I'm just adding too many syllables to it uh, I think that could have been played a little bit better that joke Fair. that one because uh, they should have had a tighter shot on the guy before you, without seeing his face yeah and you see him walk around to then see him toss the keys to Shang Chi. Yeah. But instead you see him get out and you see his face, his face and you and then, lose that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, the punchline if it was like sped up a bit yeah. faster or if it just followed his backside for a bit, something like that. Yeah. 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 Uh but that's me nitpicking on that thing. It was it was still cool, but I think, you know. I think the core idea of that, getting back to like he's not a Tony Stark, I think the core idea of that is to convey that to the audience, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it does that well of like we've been so used to following a uh, the genius billionaire playboy philanthropist, mm-hmm. philanthropist, but Shang Chi is not that guy. No. He is no. he is not the guy who's going to be flashy. And I love that in the the bus fight sequence too, where you have the little moments where he does the like the like wave to the woman, or when he like grabs her lap. There are all these great little very human moments within the fight sequence that build up who he is as a person so Mm. well. And great fight sequences should always show character. And Mm -hmm. I think that movie, this movie really gets that idea. Yeah. Uh, Great fight scenes should also use the environment, right? Instead of being like, oh, we're going to rewrite this script. So now it takes place at a sewage factory and it's the same fight that would happen on the bus, but in a sewage. Exactly. Right, you know, right. It's, it's so it definitely used environment. They put a lot of thought into all these fight scenes. Mm-hmm. Like you can't deny mm-hmm. it. No, like um, oh, for sure. Back to your statement though about Daredevil's fight scenes being so different from this. One thing that I did love about this movie, in comparison to that though, because like we get our one long shot takes with a mix in of CGI, but it's the fact that they utilize the environment a bit more than say the likes of Daredevil. Mm. Like he threw a microwave, he went through doors and all that. <laughs> But, right. like, in this, like, you really see Sean. Like, he grabs, like, a, one of the poles that Razor Fist cut in half, and he starts using them oh, as, like, yeah. the lawns. Yeah. During, like, the lawn shot, and just, he uses the freaking bell just to signal when to, like, make that one turn, right? <laughs> yeah. Little stuff like that I, I just loved. Yeah. This is a movie that... I'm really excited for the Blu-ray behind-the-scenes features. Same. Because I want to watch the, like, the layouts of how they set up the fight sequences and stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's going to be really yeah. fun to watch. Uh... I loved the first two acts so much that I got disappointed by the third act. 
because mm. I we're talking so much about this bus fight scene, and I would love to watch that fight scene again, and mm. I will when I see it again. <laughs> but but I just wish all of it was at like I didn't think the Act Three fights were ingenious, like mm-hmm. Acts One and Two mm-hmm. were. You know? Yeah. And so I felt like that was kind of a letdown for me. It's classic Marvel Act 3 problems. Yeah. Where it's like, mm-hmm. Black Panther, same, it was like the same thing. Like, why? Why? We, it's, yeah. it's a near-perfect movie. You know? Yeah. So, um, Johnny, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, I was going to quickly defend that one fight between Shang-Chi and his dad when Sean gets the rings, though, because what I love about this interpretation of the Ten Rings is that they act as an extension of their bodies. And Mm. throughout watching that final fight, I definitely still saw a lot of that martial arts style in there with the Ten Rings as an extension. And personally for me, I did find it to be like a really good balance between practical actors working with the mix of the C- with the CGI. But yeah. Right. Um question I about think the, the rings. Third act. To, uh, uh Wenwu, sorry, real quick about the rings. Yeah. Wenwu only used the rings as an extension of his arms, right? Yeah. But but when Shang Chi had command of the rings, they circled around him defensively, right? Mm-hmm. And I would assume that's on purpose. That's a symbolic I, thing. Yeah, I I kind of took that because that his mom did something. If I'm remembering correctly, his mom did something similar in the the opening sequence when he shoots the rings at her. She deflects them and kind of like they oh yeah, circle around yeah. her for a little bit. So I think the implication there is because he yes yes yeah. and I and this again going back to action should show character like. I really enjoy the third act up until his dad dies. I think when his dad, Same. obviously we're talking spoilers. When Wenwu dies, I think it loses a little bit of that that magic that's making the movie work, even in mm-hmm. spite of all of the CGI craziness, because you have that grounded human connection there. Mm-hmm. And the minute he's gone and it becomes just like big monster fight, entertaining, but the emotional aspect is gone. Really. Yeah. Um, but uh, going back to like action should show character, one of my favorite moments in the movie is just Michelle Yeoh like when he's like does his stance and he's got closed fists, she opens his hand, yeah. and symbolically that idea of like the violence of his father versus the openness, the openness of, of his, his mother. mother, yeah, yeah, is such a beautiful like simple visual symbolism, and it's exactly what I love in martial arts movies mm-hmm. when we, they bring in the connection between how the character fights with who the character is, yeah, and that's how he has right. to defeat him. It's the combination of both their styles, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, act two, uh, where we get to go to Macau. Yes. Uh, I, maybe this is me personally. I wanted them to go to Madripoor. I wish they went to Madripoor (laughs) instead of Macau, but they might've made an actual decision to go to Macau instead to make it a real world thing. I don't know if they were actually there though, because keep in mind, this entire film was filmed during the pandemic. Oh no! Of course, yeah. of course. So, but it was supposed to be Macau, is what yeah, I'm trying. It to was say. definitely supposed to be right. Macau. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It was. Uh, I don't know whether they they were traveling that much during that mm-hmm. time. But what I mean is, there might be an actual, like, actual, real wise decision as a filmmaker to be like, nah, we're gonna show that Asia has actual real places that are cool versus. True inventing a Gotham city or a metropolis. You know what I mean? Like yeah. where, where Mad, which is Madripoor, right? Madripoor is not real in real life. No. It's inspired by real things, but to show that like, yeah, Macau is real. Like 
We could we can show Macau with B-roll, and then even if we're not filming there, Macau's a real place that people might want to visit, and it's showing that like like just like in in Crazy Rich Asians, exactly. then showing Singapore as a real place that is fancy and tourists can go there and mm-hmm. whatnot. I think that's an actual like wise decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see that. I didn't consider that aspect till now, actually. So. I didn't consider yeah. that aspect until now either. I, <laughs> I left the theater being like, I wish it was Madripoor. I wish it was Madripoor. I wish it was Madripoor. And then right yeah. now I was like, oh, wait a minute. I am curious though, better, like, you know? say this did come out before Falcon and the Winter Soldier and we didn't know Madripoor was actually in the MCU yet. Do you think you still would have had some idea of like, I wish they took, say, this fictional aspect of our Marvel Universe and had it as that instead, right? No, it's because no. they introduced Madripoor mm-hmm. already. And then I was like, you know what I mean? They are, yeah. I never would have expected Madripoor in Falcon and the Winter Soldier until it happened. Fair, yeah. So I wouldn't have expected it off of this one. Mm-hmm. And and the problem with the problem with places like Madripoor is they kind of become like these these dumping grounds for writers to play up a bunch of stereotypes about certain places. Whether it's like Madripoor in Marvel or like Kandak in in DC, it kind of mm-hmm. becomes this place where you're like, we can put all the horrible stereotypes in there, but we're not offending anybody because it's not a real place. Exactly. It's like we know what you're we know what you're trying to imply here when you mm-hmm. make this place. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, DC has a thing, and I mean, Marvel does it too, but DC has a thing of literally just taking a country's history and then just changing the name. So, like, <laughs> like, like DC has Karak. Yeah, Karak. Yeah. And then they have Kondok, but I don't think Kondok is an actual play. Like, Kondok and Bialya, I don't think are actually based. But then they had, like, in, um, in, in, in Young Justice, they had North and South Bodnesia. Which is supposed to be like North and South Korea. And they all have Asian accents. Right. So it's like, it's literally a, 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 a copy paste. Yeah. Whereas Madripoor right. is supposed to be Singapore, but like kind of off of Madagascar. I With think. like bits of Thailand, I think. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, so it's, it's, uh, but you're right, Brian. It, it all depends on who's writing it. You know? Sure, of course, of course. But I, yeah. I think in a film where they really are like pushing the fact that it is like a predominantly Asian creative team, I think your point is absolutely right. Where they said, you know, let's not make it the fake Asian country that feels kind of problematic if you think about it too much. Let's <laughs> right. make it yeah. an authentic place so it at least feels like a real. We'll thing. we'll we'll put gold and red everywhere. There'll be gongs and <laughs> you'll dragons. see the weird lions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, um, and I. I Speaking of second act, I think one of the yeah. things I enjoyed most about this film in general was, uh, you know, the the original Shang-Chi comics, I think they have, I think the stuff with Shang-Chi as a character is probably the best stuff from them. But the problem with those comics is you often have to really like dig through a bunch of racist garbage yeah. to get to those good elements. Um, but one of the elements that I think is great is they have a lot of really fun, dumb villains. And I was yeah. so they brought in Razor Fist, the man who has a razor yeah. for a fist. I was so glad they brought in Death Dealer because they brought, they have so many of these like weird one-off characters with cool names and designs yeah. that have never really shown up again. 
But I was right. really glad they clearly dug through. It was like, who's cool? This guy, he's got a knife for a hand? Cool. Yeah. He's in the movie now. Right. I, I was really glad they used those elements in particular. Because mm. uh, Death Dealer, and I'm not super familiar with the guy. I know he has a kind of YouTube, the actor plays him, the name I'm escaping at the moment. Yeah. Um, but I know he's got a, a career as a stunt person, and I thought his fight sequences were electric. Like that fight yes. sequence when they're the momentum the on signs. So good. Whew. Yeah, he was moving, <laughs> and I, uh, I loved this. Did you see him at the red carpet premiere, too? Like, he was doing flips and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my big my big problem was they didn't build up Death Dealer the way they built up Razor Fist, yeah, and they killed sure. him off so fast. Yeah, I was really disappointed. Like, he had one that. fight scene. Yeah. He had one yeah. fight scene. That he had it. one fight scene, and then one quick moment where Michelle Yeoh just blasts him across the little town, and then that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was a lot yeah, of I would have liked to have cool seen more of character. that. Exactly. I, I, I liked the idea that he's kind of the symbol of like Shang Chi's childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. But I would, mm-hmm. but you could have again built that up more, like giving us a flashback where we see him, and then when he shows up, we're like, oh damn, this is the guy who's been like torturing him his entire life, and now exactly. he's face to face. With and like nothing against Razor Fist, dude was hilarious. But like, if it was <laughs> Death Dealer or Razor Fist, like. I agree. Take Death Dealer. <laughs> he looked way cooler too, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Right. Uh, uh, <laughs> Razor Fist. It's the guy who played Apollo. Uh, not Apollo. Uh, Ivan Drago's uh, son, right? In Creed Oh, was it really? So. Yeah, I think, I think so. so. I think it's the same it actor. Probably. That guy's huge. Like that, that guy's huge. Yeah, a beast. Yeah, and he a might large be larger. Man. He might be larger in this than he was in Creed Two. <laughs> Because in Creed 2, he probably had to cut weight and, like, whatever. But, like, in this, he's just, right. like... Yeah, he's bulky. He, he, he's, the, he's the white guy you 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 invite to to your, <laughs> to your you know, family's get-together. You know what I mean? Like, like he's he's the one white, like, one white guy in Wenwu's organization. I know he had others. But, like... <laughs> like, some of the faceless you know. soldiers were definitely white. Yeah, yeah. But like, uh, uh, what's up to uh, Chris Reed Brown over there in the comments? We are talking about Shang Chi, Shang Chi the movie. So there are spoilers. So definitely uh, 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 be careful if you if you haven't already uh, heard it. Um, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, what's the what's the? I'm trying to think of like what the Asian equivalent to inviting uh, him to the barbecue is. Inviting him over because... for Chinese New Year dim sum. Maybe, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the some Chinese New Year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, like I'm, I mean, I'm, Sri Lanka, I'm Sri Lankan, so so it'd be like uh, inviting him over for for like new like New Year's, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that would be it. Yeah, that I don't know like what the Caucasian festival this is. What's the Caucasian per, the equivalent for inviting yeah. another white guy over? That's just a sleepover. <laughs> That's a slumber party. Like, <laughs> or just the Fourth of July for some. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. That's probably it. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's just a generic like. Yeah. Uh, but like, uh, okay, he can hang. He can hang. Yeah. Um, He's got uh, a razor for fists. Like, exactly. else are you going yeah. yeah. to tell him he he can't come? Like, <laughs> yeah. What's in the weird, comics, it, the original Razor Fist has two, two. Razor Fists, and then he has which brings up a lot of questions. Yes, and they all have, and the three kids, two of them each have it on the opposite arm, so they're <laughs> like half on Razor Fist. It's absurd. Wait, it's absurd. there are multiple Razor Fists in the comics? 
Oh yes, there are razor's fists, Dimitri. There are multiple razor, razor fists. Like attorneys general. There are razor's fists. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, the first one uh, dies, so naturally his sons were like, we should also become razor fists. That's a good career path. That's a true or not. Choice. Like in the comics, does he do they have missing hands or do they just like equip them? I'm curious. I think they have missing hands because you never see them without the razor fist, which oh. logistically is a nightmare. I can't even yeah. imagine. Yeah. I mean, it's good uh, for cutting food, but just trying to eat. Yeah. Nothing else. <laughs> He's just walking around town like this. Just, you know. Just... Staying high, waves a bit too yeah. far. Goes yeah, like handshake. Exactly. Ah! Yeah. You're danger to everyone around you. Constantly. Right. Constantly. Right. But his his razor. his razor comes out of his his, his like stump, stump guess, bit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In the movie, yes. In the comic, it's just out it's at all times. Yeah. yeah. It's just always a razor. I'm glad. I'm so happy that we've reached this point as a general mainstream uh, uh public that we accept this is fine. Because yeah. back in the day, back in the day, they'd have been like, it's too cheesy. It's too cheesy. We yeah. can't do this, you know? Um, but, like, a lot of these, like, random villains, Polka Dot Man from, you know, the Suicide Squad, like, it. we've reached this point <laughs> where, like, we can uh, we can accept that these fantastical characters exist, which leads to more variety in comic book movies. Yes. You know? So here was here was my thing about the third act, and I I want to I want to take this moment because I want to hear your thoughts on this because this is like a thing I've been ruminating on ever since Wandavision, which is when we talk about the third act problem. There's a part of me that the logical part of me that's like, yes, I understand this, I accept this, but there's also the the admittedly illogical part of me that's like, but at the same time, I am watching a piece of superhero fiction. Why would I not want to see two witches fighting while two robots are fighting? Yeah. Or why would I not want to see a dragon and the great protector? Yeah, like, why would I not want to see the Dweller in the Dark, one of the fear lords, fighting a giant dragon? Like, there's a part of me that's like, yes, it is maybe, like, too overwhelming. But then there's another part of me that's like, but this is also, like, superhero comics. Mm -hmm. And I would rather almost see them go big and crazy then to use the word you often use, Dimitri, when describing them, uh, be cowards and not go big and crazy with what they're doing. And I haven't quite right. figured out where I, it's which, funny, which side though. is the one I fully commit to. But yeah. It's funny because I remember when the first Guardians of the Galaxy came out and everyone was mm. mad that there wasn't that big third final fight. I was like, why the hell did he stop him with a dance, a dance. him a turd blossom and then just blowing <laughs> up the hammer? Like, that was right. a lot of people's issues, I find. And one thing, like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys know this, but, like, one thing Marvel loves to do is, like, they love to pre-render a lot of their big CGI stuff beforehand. Mm. So they put the money in there before. I don't know. Like, even with Black Widow, it's before they even got the director on and they started pre-rendering it, right? So the, the I whole feel like fall? that plays into it. The yeah. whole fall scene? Okay. Yeah. Like, the yeah. original director they had intended for Black Widow, um, someone told her, like, hey, don't worry about the big action sequences and stuff. We already got that handled. So it does lead oh. to that lack of creativity in the fight scenes that this one right. does have, though. Right. right. Uh, a, a word I've been using is wackadoo. So the question is, is it is it too <laughs> wackadoo? I don't think it was too wackadoo. But then again, okay, so it's funny that uh, you guys brought up Guardians of the Galaxy because Guardians of the Galaxy 1 did not have that. But Guardians of the Galaxy 2, people complained that it did have that. Exactly. But... Guardi- I stand up for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 
because Same. each Same. choice of Pac-Man and whatnot, each choice of the fight was in character. Mm-hmm. Versus mm-hmm. a lot of superhero movies have a let's just blow things up big, big act three fight scene that I think is lazy. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. it's lazy. Uh, this one, a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But Guardians Volume 2, I didn't feel like it was lazy. No, that um, one felt personal all the way through. But right. I, I did notice this throughout most Marvel movies, is that if you've had a director on their first one, they don't have as much control until their second film, in which case they can start directing what they want to see for their second film. So if they bring back this director for like the Shang-Chi sequel, we might get something as good as, say, Civil War or Winter Soldier right. even. So yeah. Right. And Johnny, I, I think you made a really good connection there with that idea of, about the pre-rendering because I would imagine with this film, the two big fight sequences, I would say there's probably three big fight sequences, which is the bus sequence, the, yeah. the building sequence, yeah, and the, the final scaffolding. fight, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, the, the bus and the scaffolding sequence were probably not pre-rendered. That no. was probably done like primarily you... by Brad Allen... Yeah, there's a video that Simu yeah. posted of him practicing sliding off the bus and then just grabbing onto the mirror and just hanging on. So. Yeah. yeah. So so because of that, I think you get the more personal human touches in it, which make mm-hmm. it more suspenseful. And then the giant dragon sequence, which was probably definitely pre-rendered. Yeah. That's where we kind of lose a lot of what made the earlier action sequences. Even mm-hmm. the sequence with his dad, which I think still has a lot of character and heart to it. But I think my favorite moment in that sequence is really like the moments with him and his sister. And I think if you kept the kept Wenwu in that and kept the tissue building, either him fighting against them or realizing he was wrong and helping them and then making a heroic sacrifice mm-hmm. at the end, you'd probably have much more of an emotional impact like even in a giant monster fight. Exactly. It would have been really cool, like, what if all three of them are using the Ten Rings in some way, right? Yeah. 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 I have a question. Was Aquafina necessary? I feel hmm. like they knew what they were doing <laughs> with her because I think it's fair to say that a lot of Marvel movies have that here, like, look at Ragnarok. I love Ragnarok, that final moment when Asgard explodes, and then you have Korg's joke, though. It's mm. a fine joke. It would have meant a lot better if there was just pure silence. So, in the case of Shang-Chi, I think they knew when not to have Aquafina make a joke. Maybe she did crack a joke, but they just didn't have it in the cut. So, that's my stance on having Aquafina in the latter half of the film. Could her I character she- have been cut altogether, though? I think she plays an important role, which is that she has to be the audience surrogate yeah. to meeting Shang-Chi. And I because feel like, when you Yeah, sorry. Go ahead, John. I was just gonna say, no. like, it feels like she also helps ground him a lot more as well. Yes. Because like yes. his sister, his father, everyone around him, if you didn't have Aquafina, they're in this extravagant different world. So like you said, it's our grounding character. But in terms of their character histories, she helps with that. When you have something like, when you have characters who come from a world that is so different from reality, you have to have those people, no matter how relatable those characters are. I find Mm -hmm. Shang-Chi to be a very relatable character, but at the end of the day, he's deliberately kind of like removing himself from society because he's trying to maintain this like low cover. Mm -hmm. And if we just Uh follow him, he seems like besides Aquafina, besides Katie, he seems like a very isolated person. Yeah, he lives like she in a garage, really... and this is like the one room. <laughs> right, 
Right, right. She seems to go to his only house for food, I think. Exactly, exactly. So he would be hard for us to follow. I think it would be a very different movie tonally if he's the main one we follow. Mm-hmm. And this is the example I always use with this is the original Star Wars movies versus the prequels. The original movies are in a fantastical world, but you have Luke, who's like a hopeless dreamer farm boy, and you have Han yeah. Solo, who that entire movie's walking around like, this is fucking stupid, right? Like, his of whole course. point is for us to be the audience like, what is this? This is crazy. Versus the prequels, where our introductory characters are Obi-Wan Kenobi and Qui-Gon Jinn, who are cool, badass characters, but are also removed space wizards mm. who we can't connect or relate to in any yeah. way. So even though he is relatable, Johnny, you nailed it. She helps to humanize him as a character. Yeah, I get it. Um, <laughs> uh, I feel like you're not convinced. No, I, I am. I am. I, I, I mean, I, I think you could have written... Uh, 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 I'm fine with her, you know, being in it. I like her. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out whether, like, why is she being, essentially, like, she's his sidekick now. Like, even in the post credit scene, like, she's getting invited, like, yeah. Wong is like, come with me, you too. Why yeah, you I did too? find that a bit weird. <laughs> like, I right. like, It should be his sister. It should be. It should have been his sister. Exactly. Yeah. But. Let's talk about his sister. For me, she's about a standout. Sister. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what's his sister's name? I know how to spell it, but how do you... Um, including the last I was name, reading the subtitle. Yeah, so including her last name, which is also Sean's, it's Zhu Zailing. Zailing? Uh, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Last name, because the last name is XU, right? For yeah. both of them? Yes. Okay, that's right. Because I, I was reading the subtitle, so I know how to spell it, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, she was a badass, 100%. I wish she did more. I wanted more of her and her father in those last, in the third act. Like, cut down the dragon yeah. fight, have her and her dad. One scene, that would have been great, because we don't really see her interact with her dad at all, I think, in this film, right? Not a ton. No. There's that yeah. dinner scene, no. but it's not... Yeah. It needed yeah. It needed more, I agree mm-hmm. with you. Uh, it definitely... Yeah. Uh... I'm trying to form some thoughts about it. Uh, what, what were you guys? Well, is, uh, and and uh, the facts, I, I agree with you. Uh, this is like her first film too, which which blows my mind. The actress's first movie, mm-hmm. um, which blows my mind because I think she has a lot of just pure charisma that really helps right. her in a lot of those sequences. Um, she holds her own very well in the fight sequences. Yeah. I don't know how much I, I remember watching an interview. That's the thing. She, she they fast tracked her training. training the moment she was casted because she had zero experience. Yeah, really. Yeah. I, I would have sworn she like had like a, a lot. Straight. That's crazy. She knew a bit of dancing. That was it. I'm. I'm. But trying having to that out dance I'm in love with her, it does help not. a lot. Just look at Chris <laughs> Evans. Yeah, or even Michelle Yeoh. Like Michelle Yeoh was was a dancer, and then she became the icon of of martial arts cinema that she is now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like her, I I adore Michelle Yeoh. She's like one of my favorites. Um, But yeah, yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. Like I I think that her arc and her journey is very cool and interesting. And it's kind of interesting the way that her and Shang-Chi kind of end up in opposite places 
where he has kind of like accepted that like I am my mother and I am my father and those two halves have to exist with me mm -hmm. and and I have to learn to live forward while she is like I'm going to take what my father denied me and build exactly. it into something better and I think that's a really compelling thing which I'm looking forward to seeing play I out really hope the they sequel. explore it in some way like give her a 10 Definitely. ring show maybe then she can get her development and that and then we get Shang-Chi 2 or something like that Totally, totally. Yeah. Uh, that final, okay, because of my disappointment with Act 3, that final scene, though, was like, why could I wanted more of that? Like, that end credit with her <laughs> taking yeah. up the thing with all those, like, girls fighting, and then there, there's guys there, and then Ra, uh, uh, Ra, uh, Ronnie Ron, Chen? Chen. Ronnie yeah, Chen, Chen, right? Yeah. I usually uh, call him Ronnie Lim, but that's Ron. I know that. Yeah, uh, he's because he's on Daily Show. He was in 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 Crazy Rich Asians. Yes, uh, I like him. He's there. He's her right hand. Razor's her, her left Razor, hand. Yeah. Like I thought they were gonna hook up, or they're gonna. That's hook all up. he's got. No, That's she doesn't. Like she doesn't need. She no. doesn't need a she man. She is her you know? own person. Yeah. yeah, and like like that was a badass final scene, and I wish Excellent we got imagery. That I wish we got that. I just yeah. wanted more of her. I wanted more down to honestly. I wanted more down to earth fights. I think there could have been totally, a yeah. rewrite on Act Three that could have had the dragons, but could have just had like. Part of me does wish that dragon died. <laughs> oh, oh, that's sad. That's sad. <laughs> Look cool as hell. I mean, the the Act Three fight really only needed to be. Uh, Shaoling, Shang-Chi, and Wenwu in a yeah. like three-way battle. That's all it, it really needed been, to be at yeah. the end of the day. Right, yeah. and we didn't see any fight scenes that took place at the compound. Mm, besides them in the card, not really. No. Yeah, no, yeah. no. Like, imagine, and it was built onto a cliff, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. You. That's a whole set piece that could have happened. Like, you could have <laughs> had the final, you know what I mean? Uh, or... And then there's air. There's air. You could have had that dragon. If you want the dragon, let's just say you want the dragon. Mm -hmm. Use that set piece. I personally was not a fan of the fantasy village. That's my personal opinion. Talo. And there we go. Talo. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm. I'm not a. F I was not a fan of that. It seemed to me like in Godzilla versus King Kong, where they go to the center of the earth. And yeah, they go to a new place because we have whole new creatures in a whole new ecosystem. And just it's more not exposition. just it's not just yeah, it's not just a, a village that's hidden from everybody. It's literally a village in a different dimension. And yeah. that took me out. That's personally like you know? <laughs> Which is it's funny that you're saying we didn't need this because it's literally Talo is not a part of the Shang-Chi lore in any way. If anything, it's Kunlun. Right. It's I was like watching this. I was like, man, if I was the writers of Iron Fist, I'd be embarrassed right now because they're Same. doing a better Kunlun than anything yes. they did in that show. But yes. Talo is literally this place that shows up in like three panels of a Thor comic from the yeah. 80s, and that's it. It's it's a very esoteric thing. Um, which shout out to Mark Gruenwald. 2021 has been the year of Mark Gruenwald uh, because all of his stuff is like showing up in all the MCU stuff. He created John Walker. He created the Power Broker and Flag Smasher. He's the yeah. visual inspiration for Mobius. And, like he's all over the MCU in 2021. Um, but yeah, I, it was weird to me because even I was like, what is this place? And then I was doing my Googling. And I was like, oh, right. This is that place 
from a random Thor issue where Thor just like goes to the different pantheons of humanity. Yeah. And at the and most of the comic is him fighting Shiva. Like it's a very weird comic for them to be like, all right, we're gonna take this. And and Johnny, I agree with you. It really just is a little bit too much like doing Kung Lan without doing Kung Lan. Yeah. However, right. the one thing I'll give them credit for for doing Talo is that we got to see all these really cool Chinese myth- mythological creatures. Yeah. Right? Because, yeah. like... And uh, I didn't know that. And yeah. I didn't know that. As an outsider, I didn't know that these were actual, like, cryptids. They were, like, actual... Like, Morris <laughs> was an actual it's thing. It's an actual thing. It's called... Cute. Yeah, it's know. called a Huenduin. Which, funny mm-hmm. enough, if you just say it without context to someone who speaks Mandarin, they're, they're thinking you're going to talk about dumplings because it's like the exact same pronunciation. <laughs> and he looks That's a little funny. bit like a dumpling. Yeah, he looked like a corgi butt, but on both sides. <laughs> yeah, right? It was kind of like a... Ways. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, he was cute. And I think they should sell merchandise for it if they haven't already. They have a plush coming out on the Disney store. I kept, I looked it up just because I wanted <laughs> one for myself. We're we're gonna we're gonna talk about merchandise controversy in a little bit. So definitely keep that in, yeah. in our head. Um, but it, I didn't know because I know about the Nine Tails. I know the Nine Tails uh, yeah. uh, 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 animal, but I didn't know any of the other ones. So for me, it didn't have that resonance to me. Mm-hmm. That being said, this movie doesn't have to be literally for me and i think mm-hmm. that like there are a lot of people out there that are like they don't think a movie's good because it wasn't meant for them and mm-hmm. that's not the case mm-hmm. so i'm not using that in my critique fair um what's funny is the, that the, sorry oh what's up i just no, said no, no. what's funny is that i have like a little action figure of morris because it came with the katie marvel legends figure my mom <laughs> walks in season's like why do you have a window in there and it's like it's it's just a new <laughs> movie it's like you know they're real they're, they're in there and like I'm sorry, this is an actual thing? I And here's the funny thing. In Chinese lore, it's it's like an agent of chaos, of just pure confusion. It kind of, it definitely resembled that in terms of the film, yeah. so. Definitely. Like, someone yeah, yeah. did their homework. That's, that's super cool. Yeah. I think that, like, there's not enough of... <laughs> A different there's... representation of lore, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And this is so so I think cuz my feeling is like still like I I honestly think Talo is super cool and I'm glad it's in the movie. Did it have to be there? No. No. But I'm glad they committed to that because again like dumb part of my brain that's like more comics. I want more weirdness. I want more big crazy stuff. I think ultimately again the the thing I that loses me a little bit is when we're dying a little too early. But going right. to what you said Johnny, I my favorite thing about comic books is that or superhero comic books specifically, is that it's every genre at once. It's science fiction, it's fantasy, it's spy movie, it's martial arts it's films. Like, it's martial arts film, it's all of these things. And if we are going to have Thor, if we're going to have Hercules, these mythical characters, we have to break out beyond just the Eurocentric. That's so I, so I yeah, like the idea. Night. Right, yeah, exactly. I, I like the idea that they're saying, like, no, every folkloric pantheon exists within a superhero universe because mm-hmm. if Thor exists, then so much all these other gods and goddesses throughout right. culture. And Eternals kind of does that in a way, though I'm very yes. interested to see how they do it because they're named after gods, but they aren't gods, but they inspired the god mythology. Does, yeah. So, like so you have Gilgamesh, you got Cersei, you got Icarus. Right. Yeah. Icarus. But you, yeah. but like they also existed as well. 
like right. Yes. The problem is <laughs> the problem is Jack Kirby didn't intend for it to be part of regular continuity when he yeah. created the comic. Mm. Oh, okay. um, and I then know that. Mark Gru and then Mark Gruenwald, funny enough, when when the original Jack Kirby run ended, was like, I'm gonna do a series that's just me like figuring out how these people fit into continuity. And it's yeah. kind of just basically the Eternals being like, we also existed, and sometimes humans confuse us for the real gods. Mm. Mm. So it's just we're just gonna roll with that, and we're not gonna yeah. think about it too much further. And we're about right. to see more of the pantheons in Love and Thunder, yeah. apparently, because yeah, like for those who may not want a spoiler for it, close your ears. But we're getting Zeus, apparently, played by yeah, Russell Crowe. Yeah, freaking Superman's dad in Man of Steel. So yeah, can we'll I see? Can I share something yeah. hilarious about that? There was I want to say it was on Twitter. Someone like posted an article about that. And someone like replied, and they were like, um, "That doesn't make sense. Zeus is a DC character." And I was like, um, "Yes, you're technically right, but you're also technically wrong in terms of the scope of human history." I don't think right. uh, DC has the copyright from the ancient Greeks on <laughs> It'd be Zeus. Like, if someone said, "Like, oh, the Marvel can't have Zeus. That belongs to Percy Jackson." My like, God, damn it! <laughs> right, right. You can't own. Like the concept of a religion. No. Yeah, exactly. I, exactly. I do have an I do have a theory that Marvel uh is gonna figure out and it's one way or another, they're gonna either uh, <laughs> I think Mar uh, Disney wants to do a live action Hercules movie based off of their Disney sure. Hercules property, yeah. but I don't think that they're gonna do it if they introduce Hercules as a character in the Marvel mm. universe. I don't think Disney can have it both ways. That's mm. what I think. And I think that Disney may know that they don't. They're not gonna, you know, cast a uh, a Disney Hercules and a Marvel Hercules yeah. and have them coexist. And so, which is unfortunate uh, because Hercules is honestly a pretty damn good character in the Marvel universe in terms of comics yeah. alone. Yeah, he's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think we you get some really bisexual representation. The exactly. If Sorry? they do that, yeah. If they oh, yeah, if they make it. him buy, but but I think that you can have fun with Hercules, which is oh, totally. where where you can make him I mean uh, you can just have more fun with the the buffoonery of Hercules mm -hmm. that kind of what we're leading Thor into a little bit in a way. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it until you said it, but I was like, oh man, current MCU Thor is really just 616 Hercules, <laughs> yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. The buffoonery, yeah. 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 I remember when the all new, all different Hercules came out. It reminded me a lot of that series with the Thor we have for now. sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. Um, let, let's talk about let's talk about the merchandising uh, controversy, uh, uh, and and the fact that the toys are already on clearance before the movie even came out, and like I I went to my local Hot Topic on the day of the movie and the day after. They have this shirt that I'm wearing now and a black t-shirt with just the poster that has Simu on it and it doesn't look good either. And that's all the Shang-Chi <laughs> merch they had. I was I was ever so livid livid. <laughs> yeah. I Marvel does a thing where they pick favorites. They they, yeah. they definitely are playing favorites. They they on their Twitter page when they changed Captain America to Sam Wilson's Captain America, they from Steve Rogers cat. So mm -hmm. that was cool. Yeah, that worked. And then they changed it to Captain Carter. And it's like, I hope they change it for what if, but I hope yeah. they change it back because Sam is the, the Captain, Captain America. America. Yeah. You, you know, have changed like Disneyland back too. Yeah. So Yeah. So like let's put some respect on his name. Let's mm. also like deal with one Marvel thing at a time. 
mm-hmm. Shang-Chi, then Eternals, then Spider-Man. Okay. But, then Spider-Man, you know? yeah. Yeah, Hawkeye, yeah. I, and so it's like... I also, I don't, and I, I don't, I want to preface this with I'm not defending Disney, the mega corporation, because they have a ton of problems, and like, giant corporations are bad, we live yeah. in a capitalist hellscape. Anyway, um... I, I do think we are also though seeing a big product of how much COVID has messed with everything. True. Because I guarantee you that like the toy companies were like, we have to have the Shang-Chi toys out by this time because we have to have our quarterly profits in by this time on this product right. so we can then get the Eternals toys out so we can get the mm-hmm. Spider-Man toys out. Right. And because of that, you end up with Shang-Chi toys out two months before the movie before anybody knows who these characters are. Right. And, and therefore, who's going to want to buy them? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, my Black Widow Lego set, what I got back in <laughs> early 2020, like right, right, right. right yeah. I think March, like right when COVID hit, and I had some money. I was like, I'm gonna buy it, and then it doesn't come out for like a year plus some months. Yeah, later, like you know? my comic book store, we had like the whole Black Widow wave of Marvel Legends. They were there, and they were all gone before the movie came out. Right. By like a year, probably. Right. So. <laughs> right. So I get it. It didn't mess things up. Uh, yeah. But but it, 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 it's also like, yeah, how much time do they got to like market and like advertise these other movies if like where I agree everything's that. getting yeah. smushed? I get that. So I get that the Shang-Chi toys were probably created a long mm-hmm. time ago and then released a long time ago and now they're on clearance, but then do another wave. Push yeah, those like they did a second wave there. of Black Panther figures right after that movie came out, and it showed its success too. Right, right. but right. like to and add like, on to that yeah. as well, like I can't even find a Shang Chi poster anywhere to buy, which is right. weird, right? Because whenever a new Marvel post movie comes out, there's always a poster that you can easily have access sure, to. This one, sure. I'm having so much hmm. difficulties just even trying to find one. Right, um, Amazon.com uh, is where I got this shirt. So you could find a lot of stuff on Amazon if you are looking for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but whether you want to support Amazon or not is up to you. That's the thing. Amazon you know. Canada, we have such limited stock of so much. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I that shirt I definitely can't, have looked and cannot find on there. I love this one. I like getting the oh, ones that, that aren't cool just one. like... That is very cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that so, one's definitely I'm digging. Yeah. Uh, because uh, I like to get like the specific ones because I got one for like Captain Marvel, like a couple, no, not Captain Marvel, Shazam, sorry, mm. a couple years ago. And I didn't we want know, just the we name, know <laughs> I didn't mean the name, Shaz- I didn't want just the name Shazam, mm-hmm. but I got this cool, uh, I'll show it another time. But the point being is, is like, I like getting the ones that like not everyone's gonna have, mm-hmm. you know. This is also um, the, speaking of promotion and advertising, I do think that I, I think we're really seeing that like so much of the Marvel PR team is like stretched super thin because all these projects are so smooshed together. Yeah. And because right. of this, we are seeing a lot of unfair, disproportionate favoritism, all that. And I, I look, I don't want to cast too many aspersions, but I'm like, I was losing my mind about how many people were freaking out about just a trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home. Or, uh, Same. No Way Home. Right, like, yeah. Everybody, the, the thing that I, I think I've grown to dislike the most about the MCU is the, and this is not all members of fandom, but like the parts of fandom that are just like theory machines and like predictions about stuff that's going to happen mm-hmm. rather than sitting down and talking about and analyzing and appreciating the things that are already exactly 
Because, like, now that Shang-Chi's out, I, I I even did this. I'm guilty of this. I'm like, people are... There's even more Spider-Man talks now because of Shang-Chi. Because of that after credit <laughs> scenes as well, right? Oh, right, right, right. It's so, like, well, what does this mean for Wong's presence in Spider-Man? It's like, exactly. can we it's just, like, like... It's not even going to be Wong in Doctor Strange, really? It's just going to be Spider-Man? <laughs> like, I get he comes out first before that, but at the same time, like, this seems more like of a multiverse of madness thing than an actual Spider-Man thing. Right, right. I, and I think the idea of, like, Wong, who appears to have started a, a rehabilitation program for supervillains, is a way more interesting thing for me to talk about. Yeah, I'm like, because uh, yeah. he's, like, talking to Abomination like they're pals. I'm like, this is interesting. I want to watch this show. And which you're is still like talking Wong to Bruce? Like, yeah, yeah. Here? Like, Wong helping supervillains yeah. get back on the right track. I love this idea. I want to know more about this. I'm I'm so sad that Bruce's arm is messed up, and it looks like that's a permanent thing now. Yeah, I, I think yeah. we also don't know how long after Endgame this is either. Um, you know someone I mean? said it's right around the same time as Far From Home from what I saw for an analysis. Because Okay, so not yeah. super long. Eight, eight, eight months or so? Give or take, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I want to bring up something else. Something very specific. And and when the blip happened and then the unblip or whatever, the re-blip, whatever, uh, everybody, everybody's <laughs> breakdown... Right. Everybody's breakdown was... Were these people snapped away or not snapped away? And we yeah. need to know for every single character. And in this movie, <laughs> they're just like, look, all they said about it was, in a world where we could cease to exist and then come back later, like, we we, we, we need to, like, do these things now. Like, they just mentioned that, right? Mm-hmm. These are, like, normal right. characters, uh, uh, just regular citizens being like, then, like, let's not sit on our butts and wait. Let's l- use this idea to motivate ourselves. Mm-hmm. We don't, but we don't know whether whether Shang Chi was was blipped. We don't know if if Kate Katie Katie yeah mm-hmm. Katie was blipped. We don't know if any of those characters were blipped. Does it matter anymore? That's the question I want to ask you. Does it matter to us as viewers whether someone was blipped or not? See, like during the build up to this film's release. I did release like one quick little theory video of like how I really hope this movie takes place before Endgame during that five year period where everything feels a mm. bit more hopeless. That could have been a re- that's still something I fault the MCU for for not exploring more of, right? Like that mm. is such an interesting world you should have looked into further, and you didn't. So in terms of whether or not the blip matters anymore, seeing that we've only had two films that actually are two films. And what two TV shows technically that actually take place and involve the blip in some way? I mm. don't think it does until it really does liking Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? Because like that was such a big contention point for that show. Whereas in this, it's something else. I when yeah, it comes to, I, I agree with you a lot on that point. Uh, I, I was yeah. just going to say that I think if you have a story to tell where the character is impacted by the blip, like we saw with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. where it's not just Sam who was affected, but the Flag Smashers, like the, and like the driving theme of that show is is the idea of people being displaced by a catastrophic event, right? Mm-hmm. But for Shang-Chi, and I think this is also partly because it's the first film with him, they wanted it to be more standalone. True. It's the sort of thing where like, do we need to include that angle? And if we don't need to include that angle, let's just roll with 
thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think for us as viewers, until we hear someone say they were blipped and we see how it impacted their life, even like Monica Rambeau, she misses her mother's death. Like that mm-hmm. impacts her life. But I think if we don't hear it, I think we should kind of just assume they probably weren't blipped and mm-hmm. lived through that five years. At least that's my interpretation. I watched a, you guys are familiar with New Rockstar, I'm assuming? Yes. Yeah, so they did a video, and I'm pretty sure, like, they did the math. Apparently, Shang-Chi didn't get blipped, and he lived through the five years. Because of his age? Yeah, I think he's around 24, 25. Yeah, he was born in 96. Yeah. He'd be too... Right. He'd be too young if you subtract five years from that, even. Yeah. Right. He'd be like... Uh... Oh, he'd he'd be 20? Yeah, which is not too far off overall, but like... No, he's... The actor's too old. No, Simu's like 32, 33, I think. So... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking yeah. that up. Can can someone look up the age of uh, uh, Wing? <laughs> uh The actress or... Of his sister? Yeah, the actress. Yeah, for uh, sure. The actress. Uh, yeah, Simu, Simu was born in 89, so he's a year younger so he's than me. She's 32, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, but but like, if you were born in '96, you would be uh, yeah. you'd be 25 years old, and if you were if you were blipped and came back, you would look 21, uh, 20, uh, 20, 20-ish, yeah. Plus, you would look well, 20. And also, isn't isn't the MCU technically a couple years ahead of us? Wasn't yes, they're like in 2023, 2024, I think. Right, right. Oh, so, oh, so, oh, they're oh, in 2027. so they're in 2024. Right, so he would yeah. be like 26, 27 then. Yeah. In, okay. In the and that yeah. makes sense. So yeah, it wouldn't make sense if he was blipped. He yeah. would be too young. Also, if you take out, con- you take in contextual clues, perhaps Jolling's uh, uh, rise to the top took happened couldn't during have the happened. Yeah, and it couldn't have happened if she had blipped away for five years and come back. It's yeah, hard to set up an empire. Yeah, because she blipped. left when she was sixteen, so that could yeah hypothetically that would work really well. Totally. Yeah. 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 And she's what four years younger than. She's supposed to be like four or six years younger. Something right. like that, yeah. Right. Not a huge yeah. margin. Yeah. 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 Uh, though they look the same age. She didn't look young. Yeah. No. I mean, it's how just old the is Asian she? Jeans. Uh, yeah, how old is like actress? 33, 34, I think. She's older. Yeah. Is she older than, than oh, Senior, then she yeah. plays the younger sister. Okay, yeah. interesting. Hmm. Um, huh. Okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, did we ever see who. Uh, he was set to assassinate? Yeah, it was the guy who killed his mom. Right. Because when his dad remember the dagger, he's like, we found your mother's killer. Right. Yeah. And then we did found we out that him, he though? did kill him. Uh, we see him during the flashback when his mom's about to get killed, and he right. and this guy goes up like, hey, your husband did this to us. We're here for blood. So, yeah. Yeah, we don't right. actually see him do it, but yeah. we, he I says he implied does. strongly. Yeah. 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 Uh, I thought it was going to be Katie's grandfather that they mentioned was dead in the beginning. <laughs> you think he was That's pulling a I Bucky? Thought. I was going to say. You think he like was a pulling Bucky a Bucky? <laughs> kind of. Kind of. I did. Yeah. Yeah. It would be worse than Bucky. He had been like childhood friends with her. It would be like an even worse Bucky. Like that's a yeah. ten year investment, ten year plus investment of time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 
I think it's interesting how, like, if we're going to treat the blip that way, though. I'm just, I'm just, I'm I, like, did you get subtracted five years or not? You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like that has to do, like, that's character development right there. And maybe has to be said, sure. maybe they'll have a, have a definitive Marvel Cinematic Universe guide to, like, who's been blipped and who hasn't. <laughs> we Sharon, like, Sharon, Sharon Carter, you know? Yeah. Right. Like, did right. she get blipped? Did yeah. she not? I don't think I she think got she blipped. Did. I think, really? She could have set up her empire, like, you know what I mean? She would have been the power broker in eight months. No, not even. Yeah, three I months. think she probably wasn't, which is part of the reason why yeah. I, like he was off the grid for so long. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Winter Soldier is like three months. Winter yes. Soldier is like three months after that. So, yeah. right, right. I her meteoric rise to the top in three months. All right, right. You know, Fair. I think yeah. she was there five years. Five yeah, years okay, in Madripoor. Yeah. yeah, I would say. Contextually speaking, <laughs> um, where where do we want to see this movie go, or uh, the sequel, a sequel, or mm-hmm. side spinoff TV shows? I mean, I mentioned the concept of a possible Ten Rings TV show with Jailing. Would love that. Yeah. But in terms of sequels, I don't know because, like, during the end credit scene, we see one with the rings, and that you see that beacon, and then you see Captain Marvel get an alert, and then she has to leave. So I'm like. Is Captain Marvel, is the Marvels going to deal with the McLuhans? Or is it actually going to be the Shang-Chi <laughs> sequel now? Because, like, it would be are, interesting. Are McLuhans Fing Fang Foom? Yeah, the giant yes. alien race that's Fing Fang yeah. Foom from. Yeah. Uh, will they bring in Fing Fang Foom? Because we already had a big old dragon fight. Yeah, but, like, people, from the scenes of it, people really want Fing Fang Foom. It's going to be the same thing, though. I mean, I know, but, like, at the same time, people, like, want a green dragon with purple pants that can speak. I would love, I would love a Fing Fang Foom that was about 11 feet tall. No, I'm... A reasonable height. I'll take it, I'll take it. For hand-to-hand combat. A height, yeah, he could, he would have to jump, but, like, a big Bowser, you know what I mean? Like, Bowser to Mario type. Yeah, proportionality versus like. I'm just another... imagining Shang Chi grabbing him by the tail and swinging him around <laughs> and throwing him off of a platform. <laughs> Classic Mario style. Yeah. I'm just saying. But I also I think they leave it vague because then the the Marvel universe could easily like copy and paste in any alien race that they really want True. into it. You know right. what I mean? Like it doesn't necessarily. Because I think I don't know. I don't know. I. I have mixed feelings about that because, again, like we were saying, like I think the thing that's most compelling in this are the more grounded hand-to-hand fights. Exactly. Yeah. So, Johnny, I think you know where I'm going to go with this. I want to see the, the other uh, members of the Five Weapons Society. I yes. mean, yes. Zhu Zailin is like a mixture of Sister Hammer and Sister Dagger, and then Razorfish sure. is kind of like Brother um, brother Saber. So sure. there is that. So all we're really missing now is like the actual Sister Hammer and sister or brother staff yeah but when he has that line where he's like i keep an eye on all my children my exactly i was thinking the same thing it's all of them it's they gotta because i think they're so cool i would rather i mean like razor fist is like fun as a one-off thing but i would rather see like a full-on actual um, brother brother saber Takeshi. yeah yeah exactly so for anybody who's watching who doesn't know in the comics um it's revealed that the the name the deadly hands that that has often gone with shang chi is actually a moniker because he was raised in the house of the hand 
um, which means he was trained to fight with his fists. And uh, Zheng Zhu, his father's name in the comics, has children in other places around the world who are each experts in a different mm -hmm. weapon. So there's Sister Hammer, who's this like seven foot tall bald woman who's jacked with a giant hammer that she fights with. There's Sister Dagger, who's like a killer 10 year old who yeah. fights with knives. Brother Saber, who's a swordsman. Um, and uh, Sister Staff, who is actually a mutant who can create hard light constructs with a uh, with sound. So she yeah. has like, a big pipe. Yeah, like a big flute yeah. pipe thing that she plays. Um, and they're all just really cool characters. They mm -hmm. feel like something out of a classic martial arts movie. So I would love to see them come in. However, on right. that note, though, say they do go with that. Would that not in some way devalue the relationship that Wenwu had with their mother, though? Because we see that, true, this, true. that their mother is the one who broke free. Maybe these are just like a bunch of children before them. By the same totally, time, though, yeah. if they're like actually genetically related, I'm like, I don't know. It might be value yeah. Wenwu overall and his overall motivations in this film. Right. I think or, he was doing his thing long enough as a warlord that you could probably be like, these were kids before he met the mom. True, or right. they might just be like a Thanos situation where they're like adopted. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. Like there That's doesn't what I'm have hoping to be for. another woman involved. Or there right. could be a yeah. difference between the children that he had before uh, the two that we know. Uh, those children were left as orphans or left without a father. Yeah, they, were si yeah. they were sired, but mm. not, and thus they are jealous, and they are like, no, I am the true inheritor of the Ten Rings organization. Yeah. Give it to me. Totally. And they're feeling jealous that, that when we loved these two, loved, whatever, you know. Uh, no, guys. I think that would be that would be a perfect motivation and would continue mm. the theme of, like, the intergenerational trauma that we see Exactly. I, I would love to see the Five Weapons Society, though. Do not get me wrong. That would oh, be so cool. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm excited to see the next issue of what it does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to see Zolling's organization. Same. I just... Yeah. I just, I just need more Zolling. Yeah. Uh, I realize, I've said her name five different ways during this episode. I'm like, <laughs> uh, I need to figure that out. Um, but, like, I think she was really great, and I want to see more of that. And I... Would not mind Aquafina not continuing. Same. <laughs> I, I I don't think she... I'm fine with her. I just don't think she's necessary in this. But if you make her necessary in it, I think it's forced as well. Yeah. Mm. You know? And it'd be nice to have more of the brother-sister dynamic and, mm. and explore that. And know? so far, that's what totally. I'm loving in the current Shang-Chi comics. It's yeah. the sibling relationships that we're seeing right now, so. Yeah. And specifically, specifically this idea of that tension between the ones who are, like, wanting to follow more in their father's legacy and Shang-Chi who's like, no, we have to rise above that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think that, that dynamic is really interesting and would like to see more of that in the sequel. Um, yeah. Even if they don't bring in the five weapons, like, that, more of that with his sister as is uh, would be really compelling. Mm -hmm. Right, uh, I would love to see the hand, just like the hand as a as an antagonist. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm you know? down. Uh, <laughs> I want to see Shang Chi versus the hand. Also, wait, the hand, <laughs> like wait. the House of the Deadly Hands, and then there's the hand. 
Yeah, you guys yeah. know what I'm talking about? They're not yeah, dead they're they're dare- dare- <laughs> Not the dead hands. We know you mean like the hand from Daredevil. Right, right, yeah, yeah. It is yeah. a weird thing. They haven't made it clear if there's some kind of connection there. Maybe that'll be a thing revealed later Apparently on. Apparently we'll get Charlie Cox and Spider-Man and Kingpin and Hawkeye, so we'll see. I, I don't think we are. I think either. those are like rumors. Everybody <laughs> wants to rumor Netflix, the Netflix characters being canon, you know? But yeah. like... I, I've I, talked about it's it. It's the secret. You put oh. it out into the universe. They're trying to will it into existence. They're yeah, trying right, to manifest right. it. Manifest it, you know. Um, what uh, uh, What was I going to say? Uh, uh, as as before, before, any final thoughts before we close up uh, this discussion? I do want to ask you guys this, though. Yeah. Was Trevor yeah. used to a good extent? Ah, Trevor <laughs> Slattery. We have yet to talk about him. You're right. I've been sitting on that one, just in case. I think, yeah, two things, because again, I was I was Team Iron Man Three's masterpiece. Um, I I I loved the way he was brought back. I thought it was very funny. I didn't feel like it overstayed its welcome. Uh, and I agree with what you said earlier, Johnny. Like they did a much better job than a lot of Marvel films of balancing the comedy and the drama. Mm-hmm. Like even though there was that one little bit of him in the battlefield, it's not like they kept cutting back to Trevor. Yeah. We didn't need him anymore after that one joke and the, the rest of the film was like the drama of that final fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it was necessary and I think there was two things I liked about it. One, just like Ben Kingsley as that character is ludicrous. Like it's hilarious. <laughs> the whole conversation about him thinking the apes and fun of the apes were real. And the punchline of him being like, no, they were acting. He's like, then I understood those apes were acting. That's why they were so amazing. Uh, like, so stupid. And it's it was so a good downtime moment. Right. But I also loved the way they addressed it when Wen Wu has that conversation with them at the dinner table. He talks yes. about the idea of, like, the power of names. That, like, names are important. They have significance. They have meaning. And we have to take them seriously. And I thought that was such a great way to give us more insight into the pride of this character and how And plus, it. like, for someone who is Chinese, my dad ingrained in me and my younger brother to know how to write, like, the actual characters for our Chinese mm. names and to remember them and to pass them on to our future generations. So above just the social commentary that was in it, there is that deeper relatability for, I think, for some um, Asian people who didn't grow up in actual Asia and grew up in Western culture surrounded by everything else, so... Which is good because it was directed at Katie too. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's funny you brought that up because I went to a Sri Lankan wedding yesterday, and it's my first Sri Lankan wedding in like fifteen years. And they handed out little cards with with Sri Lankan writing on it. They're like, you can you can pray with this. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, I cannot read a damn thing. I don't know how to do this. So I just kind of stayed silent while like other people were doing it, and I was like, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, like, no, I feel that. I can't read full Chinese. I every few characters I recognize, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh 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 I also thought what was funny was Katie was like, Sean, your name's Sean. Sean that's <laughs> like that's like, oh no, my name's Gina, but I go by Gina, Gina. or whatever. Like yeah. Ray. Yeah, no wonder he found you. <laughs> it was a good bit. It was a good fun. Yeah. Man. Uh, and also yeah. just the meta joke of that, that, like, every comic book fan alive has been saying Shang-Chi for the last 40 yeah. freaking years, and we were yeah. all wrong, yeah. and no one corrected us until that one person on TikTok was like, hey, it's Shang-Chi, and we were all like, 
whoops, we've been wrong. Well, what's yeah. funny is that I say Shang-Chi out loud for the majority of it, because, like, if it was, like, I read it a little bit as a kid, like, Sean, but I'm like, the words that relate to it don't work entirely. <laughs> I think I remember like, you saying that, yeah. Yeah, because Chi is air, but Sean, there's so many different words. There's up, there is um, smells good, and, um, or similar. So it was definitely an interesting thing. Mm. Yeah, because like, the, the Jim Starlin, uh, Jim Starlin and Steve Englehart, some white yeah. dudes. <laughs> so there was, there's your first problem. Because the the isn't the translation supposed to be like? I feel like it's like he who walks with air or something like that. Like that's what they say it is in the comic, but but the literal translation doesn't make sense. I was sense. talking to my mom and she said like she came back to me about this because I was asking her about the name. Like I, right. I remember the video clip of Katie making the joke and I showed it to my mother and she's like, it, it sounds like these like up air and then she comes back to me one day and she's like, so I looked into it a little bit and it could also mean like a superior form because like you're above the heavens in some way. Okay. So that's another interpretation of the name, but at the same time, I'm like, mm, still don't love it. Yeah. 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 Huh. I think uh, I think we had this conversation once before, Dimitri, but it's like when we go back to these characters that were, you know, God bless them. I know they didn't have any ill intention, but at the end of the day, they did have their myopic <laughs> worldview of being what right. creators. You know, it it you you run into these weird roadblocks like what we're describing, where like the translation of the name isn't quite what they intended it to be, and now you're just kind of left right. with this weird sort of product. Right. It's because they don't know enough about the culture to be writing about it. Why do mm. they think that right. they can write about it if you don't know it? I I don't know. Right. Like like it'd be like like and i i don't i don't mean this as a joke to make fun of the actual source material but i wouldn't i can't write the vagina monologues that's not mine to write you know what i mean yeah and that's not a stab at the vagina monologues that's just like me being like i that's not me that's why would i (laughs) you know what i mean so why why are cisgender male like yeah why are people like oh uh uh, I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write Shang Chi, but I don't know. It, he just fights a lot, you know. Yeah, he's gonna look like, like Bruce Lee. He's gonna have yeah. long hair. He's gonna have a <laughs> yin yang symbol on him. Everything. Yeah. Have you right. guys read so the it's... original Master of Kung Fu issue number fifteen? By the way, I've read no. a good chunk of them, but there's some there's some rough stuff in those those comics. Yeah. I sent pictures of two panels to my friends. The first one was when the old guy in the wheelchair holds a gun up to Shang Chi. And he just straight up calls him a Chinaman. There is so much use of that word in those old comics. Like, it's honestly hard to read them. And it's mostly coming from the Sax Romer characters. And once they no longer have the right to those characters, everything with Shang-Chi gets better. Because they've stopped bothering to put them in. And the best of those original comics are usually the ones that are primarily about Shang-Chi. Exactly. Um... It, it gets better as it goes on, but there's still, like, casual racism. That's yeah, it's just after that first issue, like, I bought that Master Collection one, and I'm just like, do I really want to read issue number two after that? It's just... <sighs> I, yeah. I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't blame yeah. you. I paid for it. Should I? <laughs> uh, I, it's sometime, I mean, sometimes we own it just to have it. Like, uh, like Tintin... Uh, I'm a, I'm a big yeah. fan of Tintin comics. Tintin mm-hmm. has a comic called Tintin in the Congo, 
which you can't find in America because they won't print it. Uh, so when I was in England, I found it and I had to buy it. But it's because what do you like? What do you expect of Tintin in the Congo? Like, I wonder what right. racist shit is gonna get up. Like, is gonna happen there? And technically, is it not malicious? Yes, in a technical way, it was just like no, but these are just the people that are there. It's it's weird. I don't know, yeah. but I own it to have it, right. uh, uh, and also to read it because it's not like they had it at the library. I've never, I, you know, I never got to read it. But it's like one of those things. Sometimes you buy it just to have it, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and that's you, kind you know. of the frustrating. That's the frustrating thing about a lot of art forms. But you, you, since we're speaking of comics, like the depiction of of Asian and and people of, uh, whether it's black Americans or African people uh, on the the continent is so riddled with grotesque caricatures. They're not Uh, human, that's why. Right, exactly. And And it's in the works of like people who are held up as icons of the medium, like Will Eisner, incredible cartoonist, but if you read those old Spirit comics, Spirit has a sidekick who's yeah. a black kid who's drawn as like a minstrel show character. Yeah. Or yeah. if you read like Osama Tezuka's Astro Boy, there are stories where Astro Boy goes to Africa and it's the same thing as the Tintin in Africa story. Yeah. yeah. It's really yeah. hard to kind of reckon with the legacy of these artists, but at the same time, the the stereotypes that still yeah. predominate yeah. in their work. Not, not to mention how science fiction is literally based off of white guy goes to space and meets and meets like essentially analogs for real life races but in these characters like Flash Gordon and uh, what what what's his what's his main villain's name Ming General, the Merciless oh, yeah. yeah Ming the Merciless um, he's asian but yeah. why he's in in space what is going on was it my head went straight to that one episode of Star Trek the next generation where they go to a planet full of black people and then there's just the yeah. worst thing ever. I'm like, what is the show? Right. Well, yeah. when we take Star Trek, each race is based off of a country that we were either at war with or not in the Cold yeah. War. Uh, so um, um, uh, Klingons, I believe, are Russian. And that's why as we eased up on our American-Russian relations when we get uh, into later, like, next gen, mm-hmm. they ease, yeah. they allow a Russian member to be part of the Federation, right? Like mm-hmm. a Klingon in the Federation. Uh, uh, the Chinese are Romulans. Yeah. Like the Romulans are Chinese. And so our relationship, U.S.'s relationship to China mirrors the Federation with the Romulans. And the Vulcans, I don't know what the Vulcans are, but the Japanese maybe because we were allied with them post-World War II. Yeah, um, and I think that's always been the implication, the right? Exactly. Yeah, I think that's always kind yeah. of been the implication there. You know, Which and that so a, that has a lot of problems too. Just to unpack that. Right. So we we do this thing, and it's like uh, Star Wars. Star Wars does it too. Watto. Watto is this like the, is a Jewish the trade slave. federation guys. Wait. Yeah. It, oh yeah, the trade federation yeah. guys. Speaking All the Gungans. Of- yeah, all the Gungans are Jamaicans, you know? It's just, like, the, take the Sand People, for example. Like, they're an allegory for indigenous individuals. Yeah. 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 If not literally sand people. Like, exactly. 
right? <laughs> Where the no, it the feels like a racial slur that like George Lucas invented. <laughs> I mean, yeah, was. you know, and so, and, but, but in in the end, we don't have a we don't have an alien race that is white people. It's because white people are the are the human protagonists in all these science fiction exactly. uh, stories. Yeah, you know. Uh, uh, which is something that I'll, I'll still stick to my guns about. Like, like somebody brought up, like Star Lord doesn't have to be white. He doesn't no, have he to be white. Doesn't. But, no, no, no. but the 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 genre, the genre is white guy goes to space, mm-hmm. <laughs> and our and our and our actors of color put on makeup. You know, yeah, yeah. essentially yeah. that or just pure CGI <laughs> or pure right, CGI. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's it, and I think it's telling that when you have something like, like even looking at at, at Black Panther, you know, all credit to to Jack Kirby, some credit to Stan Lee for coming up with that character at that time, but I think it's telling that the or interpretation of that character that has been most successful, much like the interpretation of Shang Chi that I think has been most successful, whether it's in comics or in um, film, has come from people with those backgrounds. Mm-hmm. That when right. they can lend that level of authenticity to it, it feels less like you're trouncing out a cultural identity for exoticism or something like that, and it becomes more real. It becomes something people can actually relate to, mm-hmm. rather than. I think it was. I I don't want to steal this quote because it just pops to my mind. But Gene Lewin Yang, when he was talking, there's an interview with him where he was talking about the Shang Chi book. He said he didn't grow up reading Shang Chi because to him, Shang Chi was a character you looked at, not someone you related to. And then he works it he into was, his comic too for that first issue. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And I think he has done such a good job of making Shang Chi into a relatable character mm-hmm. rather than someone who's just like watch this guy do kung fu. Right. It's just a complete right. reinvention of the character that I'm now in love with, to say the least. Totally. Right. Um, I want to thank you guys both for coming on to this show. I could talk to you guys for hours, uh, which is why, <laughs> luckily, we have multiple shows. So I'm definitely going to have both of you guys back uh, oh, yeah. on the show real soon. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff coming up, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, with the Keeg and with, with movies in general. I can't wait for the Eternals. I think that, like... A side, a side note that I wanted to just say, I think Feige is gearing up for Eternals to be nominated for Best Picture. I have a theory. I have a theory that he is going to use his Hollywood power to push Eternals being nominated because I can't see... I think Eternals, at the wor- worst-case scenario, will be boring, but... It won't be bad. Yeah. No, wor- worst case scenario. Worst because you never know, right? You never Sorry, know. that's just a really funny thing to, to describe it as yeah. to me. But what I'm trying to say is I don't see anything bad or flawed in the trailer. Yeah. I don't see a cheese ball factor. I can I so chances are it at, again at worst it could be boring. At best it could be Oscar award winning. And Chloe Zhao being nominated and perhaps winning a second year in a row Absolutely. and having it be a superhero movie. I think Feige's prepping Eternals cuz he's pushing Eternals. Mm-hmm. He is pushing Eternals. Yeah. And like I think he's pushing Eternals for a nom- uh, uh, a best picture nomination. Yeah, I can see it for sure. You know, it all comes down to that act three. That's what it comes down I, to. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, <laughs> reading reading these interviews 
the joke I've been making is I, I read this interview where Chloe Zhao is apparently the one who approached them about doing Eternals. Yeah. And I was like, Jack Kirby didn't even really want to be doing Eternals. He wanted to be doing New Gods. So the well, fact that right. someone was like, I want to do this is kind of cool and exciting exactly. to me that someone has that passion. For the longest time when they announced Eternals, I just thought, I just thought cool, I guess they're recycling that Inhuman script they originally had for Phase <laughs> 3 into this. That was my original train of thought. Right. But no, like, it's uh, clearly an eternal story, you know? Mm-hmm. You've got uh, you've got the judge showing up to yeah. judge whether or not the fourth host of the Celestials is here, people. Oh, my uh, God, they but look yeah, so I, good. I'm very, they look amazing. Uh, but I'm very yeah. curious to see, like, how it's going to play out. And I have definitely gotten that vibe, too, because, look... You know, maybe maybe it didn't have to win, but the fact that Black Panther lost to Green Book is still mm-hmm. something that is maybe the most culturally bizarre thing that has ever happened. Honestly, I was uh, okay, okay with it because I did really Pop like culture. Green Book. Well, you did. I, I personally quite did. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, but I, I think we're talking that, films that have had cultural impact and longevity. True. Yeah, true. True. Yeah. yeah. We we can all agree that Crash was was trash, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. yes. Cra- yes. Uh, yeah. Crash came out. Talk about because I, I thought about that. Talk about that movie drops the word Chinaman a couple times. Yeah, it did. It did. It's like, and that's a recent movie ish. You yeah. know. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, but I'm I'm looking forward to Eternals kind of taking that representation baton and continuing it, and hopefully it doesn't end because we have Spider Man, Doctor Strange. As far as movies Thor, are Love concerned, and Thunder, all that good stuff. Yeah. So maybe that that they'll continue the the baton. Uh, again, those are white male protagonist movies, but yeah. okay. Like hopefully we we see this growth coming from Marvel, and it's not just a flash in the pan. Exactly. Like yeah. I I'm super glad we're getting Eternals, but like at the same time, like we have this one year of we got Black Widow, we got Shang Chi, we got Eternals, and then we have Spider Man. We have these two excellent, excellently looking diverse movies and then we look at the next year it's like white man white man black panther hell yeah (laughs) and then as for tv shows i don't know what we're gonna get yet but who knows uh tv shows for next year uh miss marvel uh moon knight she hulk um secret invasion might come out next year right uh, i think and and they have a lot more and Ironheart possibly, yeah. and then Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, right. I think comes out in 2022, so, yeah. and then Volume 3 comes out in 2023. Yeah. So much. Jesus. Every, any, I know it's a lot, but then people lay it out, and I'm like, so much stuff. Yeah. You're, so you're much telling, stuff. You're, you're saying so much. We've had after shows for all the Marvel <laughs> Disney Plus shows, God bless and you, man. Next, next year, I'm gonna have no breaks. If there's no <laughs> overlap even, like... Like yeah. nothing I stops this train. Oh, Apparently, there's nothing. nothing between What If and Hawkeye. So hey, there's your break. Uh, yeah. There is. Like, there should be a gap. There, there is a gap because Hawkeye starts November. Yeah, um, like, late November, I think, twenty fourth. Yeah, but but uh, what if what if goes until October? Yeah. So, so there will be break. a small gap. Yeah. There, that will yeah. be my enjoy only your, break. Enjoy your, like three weeks off. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think Miss Marvel starts in January. So like. That because it was supposed to come out this year. I keep and hearing so, rumors that it still might, but again, rumors, right? But there's no yeah. time with unless it unless it overlaps with Hawkeye. I mean, they can no put, they can put out like the first two episodes <coughs> of Miss Marvel in that first week, and then the rest. Yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe 
maybe but it's also christmas time and new year's eve time so it's True. like it, they might want to take a break not to mention book of boba fett comes out and so they have to figure out how to how to balance that yeah. i i will probably i will probably oh, have an after show for that yeah, Visions is coming out. Visions you know? looks so good. So, I'm so excited about that show. There's a lot. There's a lot. I would love to have you guys come come back for after shows. Uh, Johnny, you're in the you're in the Pacific time, right? Yeah, same time as you. I'm gonna talk to you later about this. Hell yeah, we'll definitely. Talk. I'm really open. I'm really open to being on more of this. I love this. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Um, for those I will be guys... sleeping because I'll be back yeah. on school time. You, so. you are back I'm on so school sorry. time. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't worry. Don't worry. He's East Coast. He's East Coast also. So yeah, yeah. you know, I gotta teach um, the youths. For anyone out there who's watching us live, uh, you are watching us on uh, one of our many streaming platforms: Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Uh, but our number one platform to live stream to, and that's what we grab the chat from, is uh, uh, volume.com slash The Keeg Show. If you're watching us live, definitely uh, 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 wherever, like, comment, subscribe, click a thumbs up, do what you need to. That's the support that we need. We're trying to spread the word that The Keeg is out there, that The Keeg has multiple shows, almost one show a day uh, uh, with The Keeg, whether it's live stream <laughs> shows or Instagram live chats. I'm staying busy. That is what we do. Um, Marvel, uh, let uh, this man rest. Just no, put a break, no, Marvel. Don't, don't give me a break. Let Marvel, him rest. If you're Marvel, if you're listening to me, grab me for your stuff. I will, I, I want to, <laughs> you know, if you're listening, if you're listening, I don't need a break. I need you to to give me a break by giving me a job. So, you know, that's what that's what I'm aiming for here. Marvel, uh, pay him. I'll support pay that. Him. Yeah. Uh, or, uh, so if you're watching us, you're watching us live streamed, or you're listening to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast, whether it be, uh, uh, Google play or Apple podcasts or Spotify or SoundCloud or iHeartRadio, we're on five different podcast apps. So definitely stay tuned wherever you guys are digesting the key. We have multiple shows <laughs> coming up. Um, we have a full Instagram live chat schedule for Mondays and Tuesdays for every single day. I have it scheduled. I'm going to release the list. Uh, Mondays and Tuesdays are all booked uh, for all of September. Uh, I'm going to release that on, on Instagram. So follow us on Instagram and TikTok at The Keeg Show. But other than us, uh, uh, Brian, could, if, could you tell us your social media out loud? Give us your plugs, what you got coming up. Yeah, sure. So you can follow me on uh, Captain Comic Rex uh, on TikTok. That's where a lot of my stuff is. Um, I'm going to be doing a series of like TikTok lives with some creators that I like. Johnny, I'm probably going to reach out to you once I go through the first uh, wave of people. Uh, but it's just going to yeah. be kind of like a book club, talking about comics that we love uh, with creators who I, I'm just fans of and I like talking to about comics. So yeah. if you want to hear more ramblings about comic books, check out Captain Comic Rex. That's R-E-C-S, like recommendations. Uh, and as always, pay your taxes, support your local public schools. God knows we need it in this year. Yeah. 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 And God support uh, your local support your local comic shops. Which so, I work at one. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah, okay, I'm so. actually the upcoming manager for one. Oh, okay. Johnny, yeah. tell me what your social media is. Tell me your plugs. Tell me what you're up to. Alright, so my social media plugs for TikTok and my Instagram are Marvelous Johnny. Uh, that's just one word for the TikTok one. For uh, my Instagram, just put an underscore between Marvelous and Johnny. It's double L. That's Canadian spelling. 
Is it really? <laughs> that's the, apparently, apparently, it's two L's for Canadians and British people. It's just one L for Americans. I didn't huh. know that. Oh, the word okay. marvelous? Right. Yeah. Okay. I for a second, I thought you meant Marvel. For a second, I thought you meant Marvel Comics. I was like, that's a weird, <laughs> drastic choice just for like one country. No, but okay. No. Um, sorry, then what else do I need to tell again? Uh, 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 if uh, you got any plugs or anything coming up, you, oh. were, you were talking about your comic shop. So. Yeah, so if you guys are ever in Canada, in the lower mainland of Vancouver, BC, come by Metropolis Comics and Toys. We got a pretty good selection of stuff. We try to keep as up to date as we can. And right now we're actually having a sale on indie comics for about 30% off. So all Ooh. of those who are interested, come on by. And I it's It's been a while since I've gone to Vancouver, but I do want to go back. So Hey, if you're ever here, let me know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, what do you got? What do you got coming up? Do you got anything? Anything big coming up? Just for TikTok, I just post once a day as much as I can for whatever comes to my mind. I'm gonna try to do more lives. I actually am thinking of talking about more about Shang Chi, but with other people, other creators like uh, Super Nick and Brian. I'm probably gonna reach out to you now. So yeah, I can't wait to be... watch you and Super Nick talk about it. Super Nick's a good call. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. I've been interacting with him since I started going viral, and it's a, it's amazing just talking to him. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's been amazing. It's been amazing connecting with you guys and and like creating this community of like like minded, inclusive, open minded creators. And I think that that's a big thing because uh, uh, a lot of fans can be gatekeeper gatekeeping yeah. gatekeepers gatekeepy but you know what i mean and like <laughs> like it, it, it's like let's let's it's better if the community is accepting we get more people involved everybody's passionate about it like everybody can belong and i think that like that just makes for a stronger community yeah so thank you guys oh, for yeah. for you know uh standing up for that and like doing that you know sort of thing yeah like Again, I have some apparent controversial Marvel opinions in overall in comics, so I, <laughs> if you disagree with me, that's fine. As long as you're respectful about it, we're good. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, thank you but guys so much for coming. Thank you to you, Dimitri, oh. for, for yeah. practicing. Dimitri, shout out to you for practicing what you preach and, and putting together these shows that I think are really, they're just awesome in their inclusivity and the way that they try to be gate openers rather than gatekeepers mm -hmm. for people. I love that. That's that's everything. You that's do, the so. goal, and that's the type of people that I try to I try to connect with. You know, um, little do you guys know, I have another podcast where I talk shit on both of you guys oh. right after this. What? <laughs> what? Uh, well, this is we'll, an we'll... one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank you to the uh, to everybody out there um, who is, uh, uh, watching or listening. Uh, thank you to volume.com for always being, uh, uh, supportive. I am going to try to see what I can do here. Oh yes. Uh, we are going to rush. If you're on volume.com, we are going to rush a friend of mine. Her name is Eliora. She is a musician and singer and, uh, we're going to rush her stage right now. Oh, we we just rushed it. So, uh, cool. all right. Thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. For okay, I, part of this. Uh, <laughs> take care, everybody. And uh, 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 either way, uh, once again, I'm your host, Mitch Pereira, and this has been another episode of uh, the Key. Take care. Have a good
super fast. Gotta beat the boss and get the loot. Cause it's the king.